All right, so peep. Welcome to Dr. Lovely's Couch Cafe. It's your host, Dr. Lovely here. I'm going to save this for a day or two because I just dropped some shit last night. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Let me tell you what's really funny. So I taught my anger management class today, and I, I normally start off by saying what happened this week to, you know, cause you to be a fr- frustrated and upset. Hmm. Well, what happened was... None of the guys got upset, but it was me. Ooh, it was me. Thought it was me. Niggas, yeah, it was me. <laughs> and it's been a long-ass week. Whew, but I praise God. I praise God. I got through it unhitched. And I ain't pop off on nobody. I ain't did nothing wrong. Yeah, I take that back. I did. I did. I went off on the rental office, but it is what it is. It's too late now. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> So I had to talk to everybody around the town about my frustration because I can't talk to the boo. So it is what it is. Anyway, so moving on now, goddamn. Um, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. So I um, I called my homie Ananiah this morning and he, he gave me some some wisdom and scripture. I appreciate you, Ananiah. Goddamn you! You know me a lot. Moving on, y'all. Um, this guy has impressed me long before now. I mean, years ago, impressed me um, about his character, and I love because he's a righteous man. He's standing his righteousness, and you see it in him. But he. Exhibit the very thing that you hear me talk about when it comes to a man walking in his righteousness as a man in his head of his home. Not only do he handle his woman the same way that you're about to see. Yeah, he does. If she was outside cutting up or did something disrespectful, he will let her know. And he's not disrespectful to her, but he's very stern in the way he speaks. And you will understand his dis course for the way she behaves so I, I i love the way he um he expresses himself as a man and you actually take note in it so let me let this go through real quick She fake crying, y'all. She fake crying. This nigga said, Ma, you ain't even got no tears. <laughs> bro, bro, pause. Accountability 
just say I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you hear what the nigga said? It hurts when someone blatantly lies in your face or they don't take accountability and just say they're sorry. Brother man, brother man, brother motherfucking mother man, you understand me. Uh, Okay, just go ahead. But you said it. Yeah. And no, I just go exactly like that. But you said it. This ain't even about you. I don't know why you came here and make this about you. Anytime my mom would deflect on what's going on, you know, here come the fake tears. It doesn't work anymore. Notice how he said it doesn't work anymore. Because oftentimes mothers play with their son's emotions and it often works. But when they realize that their parent is deflecting and, um, being manipulative then they have to handle the situation but he handled this without disrespecting his mother not without yelling at her without causing a scene he got up he dealt with her and he walked off and he handled her sternly still not being disrespectful like the like the king he is Note the nigga left with the wife though. See, understanding that I love you, mama, but stay in your place. He w- left with his wife. You understand that? Woo, that's some grown man shit right there. Because most niggas would have popped off on the wife. And it was all about their mama. Because they don't know how to tell their mama to stay in their lane when it comes to their marriages. Woo-wee. Nigga woman, you wrong for that. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. His mom is grabbing his arm, talking about I'm going with you. He laughing like here she go. See, she can, she's trying to cause division between him and his wife. See, this is what happened when mothers is enmeshed in their son's lives and they don't know how to separate themselves from their son's life because they're no longer having identity. Ooh, you got to learn to let your son be grown now. He got a whole wife and kids. You got to learn to handle your situation. But he handled himself so, so eloquently like a, like the man he is. Goddamn, I love this man. I love, I love this man. He grabbed his mom, was like, yo, you ain't finna do this. Leave my wife alone now. He pulled her away and spoke with her. And he let his wife stand off. Because he knows how to deal with her. He makes sure the wife, hey, back up, wife. And he grabbed his mother personally and talked to her personally. Somebody has to forget and move on. You understand? Don't keep this going. Well, I don't. It, it looks like to me they don't want to keep it going. Sometimes you just gotta just release, let go, just let things be, and y'all enjoy it as a family. 
Now, that's the interesting part about that. I got one more thing to come and just hold on one second. Now he un- uninvited his mother to his second wedding. Here we go. We talking about a thoughtful ass gift? This brother went thoughtful. How you make people feel comfortable? How you show people how much, how comfortable they are? And I just want to make you see that. Sierra, there's something I want to ask you. Oh shit! Coming up on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. <laughs> Let me tell you what's really funny. <clears throat> you didn't hear me say it before. Black men are stepping up in a way I ain't never seen black men behave before. I mean, damn. This is a beautiful last thing. I'm going to say, um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Truly a beautiful thing. love it when they try you gotta love it when they try i'm sorry about the fans in the background but it's gonna be what it's gonna be let's get to this Come me talk about women make rational judgments without having the full information and wasting money and stuff is just even worse because the fact that she's getting married and things are not moving faster than she believes they should everything is an issue I call you and ask for phone. I just think it's inappropriate to go 
on the road a week before you get married, like especially knowing the state of these wedding plans. It's funny how she doesn't understand that his bread and butter is him traveling and making tours. Because, see, when you have to travel and tour, it's not something that just comes out of nowhere. It's planned ahead way before the date. So, if he had those things already set up and you just decided to get married all willy-nilly, then those things are prior to, those are prior engagements and they must be obtained or dealt with, especially if it's your bread and butter. Just saying. It's funny how we hold fast to certain traditions, even though sometimes those things are functional, but because our parents are there and that's what they believe, that's what they taught you, we believe that that's all we're supposed to do is trust in the thing that they said they can't trust in. I find that to be very interesting when you can't reason out the things that are logical. I'm gonna take a still for I'm going to take this a step further and say that she's acting out of her emotions and this is why we have mates to help us to navigate through certain things. Don't get me wrong. Some women make decisions or they're small decisions that needs to be made that should not have to require your husband. But it's only fair that your experience in life um, is the thing that your spouse is supposed to be focused on. But y'all still supposed to have that dialogue, and it don't seem like these two people are actually having any conversation at all. And that's why it's off. I'm woke now. Shalom and greetings, y'all, man. Holy. I'm so damn tired. I'm just not getting up this morning. And we're getting back to Daniel today. I promise you that's what we finna do. I'm tired. And for the past week, I had all kinds of things in my dibs. Shit. And. Alright. I'm gonna turn this fan off. This, whew, this is a lot of blowing going on here. What the hell my cousin is doing, man? I didn't had a um dream about her last night. She's older, so like she's doing all right. Um, just let me get up, get up, get up. And then I'll get this ready to get moving. Shalom. Just give me like a few seconds. Then I'll get started on that. Okay, I'm sorry. There's a detour. Um, let's get to it. When we talk about a morning, which is loosely translated in English as a teacher, I say loosely translated because that's not a perfect translation of more. Um, there's a word known as a guide for perplexed, which in Hebrew is more nevukim. 
Nebuchadnezzar means perplexed, and moray is a god. Your moray in Hebrew is a god. I know we usually translate it as teacher, but I want to break down the slight nuance of difference. You're not really learning from someone if you're parroting everything that they say. That's not learning. That's quotology. You know, like how you go to college, you got to repeat everything the teacher says, and if you don't repeat it quite like he says, then you don't get the A+. But if you sound like that teacher and repeat everything he says, then he or she will give you the A+. Well, that's parroting. You got the certificate, you got the A+, but at the end of the day, that's quotology. Mm. That's not learning. You parroted What I say to um, my fellow students and even teachers in the class, is that a basically you're par parroting it you're just repeating what you what you actually heard but the thing about re uh, <laughs> parroting something you actually don't store it in your long-term memory bank you only store it in a short-term memory and it's only for a particular time this is why a lot of our children are not educated appropriately anymore because they're taught or they're parroted their their education now consists of things that are to be parroted only to be completed towards the end of the year to um, take a test and the focus is around taking the exam so that that school can show that it is in good standing with the state and the problem with that is what I experienced yesterday and I was sitting at the table with the kids and we were just talking because you know me, they know I'm knowledgeable about a lot of things. So we were just sitting down talking about a lot of different things. I asked a person, um, I asked a young man, did he know where Greece was? He said, I don't know. He and he and now, <laughs> I think he in seventh grade or getting ready to go to eighth grade. And <clears throat> he did, couldn't tell me where it was. So I asked him, the other girl in this that both of these mind you now both of them are in honors classes honors class now now you tell me that a child in honors classes cannot tell you exactly where a particular place is located so i had to break it down to the fact is um is it to the east of us or to the west of us one of the kids said to the east of us. I said, is it in Africa or is it in Europe? One of them said it is in Europe. I said, Greece is, is an island. There are, there are a cluster of islands is the Greek island. So they're on <laughs> the, the east of us in Europe. And the sad part is none of them. And I do mean there were three kids. One of the children was, I think she's in get, going to 11th grade this year. And she didn't know. So that's the difference between um, learning something and parroting something. Quotology. That's not learning. What I say to um, my fellow students and even teachers in the class is that a real moray is a guide in the sense that a moray should be someone who shines a light upon you to show you how great you already are. The creator made us similar to a coach right because a coach is one who brings the greatness out of the player his job is to bring out the greatness It's not for him himself to gain glory but it's for the glory to be shown through the act of team worksmanship right um and through his guidance individual people come to collectively 
or they come collectively together in order to attack a mission and within that they they win right that's that's how you know you train them well uh, the amount of wins they have right so that coach's job is to bring out the glory in that person so any teacher or any person who guides it's like my podcast right if you're listening to this frequently there should be progressions in your life right your life should be reflecting progressions because you're learning um a livelihood right of life that should help you progress so if we're discussing relationship situations your relationship should be better if they're not then you need to look at yourself and see what you're doing in order not to make those relationships better if you're if it's about spiritual growth then you should be growing spiritually and if you're not niggas goddamn you need to be looking at yourself if it's personal growth and that's what you're gaining from it then your personal growth should be better and if it's not niggas look at yourself because we can't control what other people do we can only control what we do so if we're doing everything we can to ensure the things that are going on within our lives are better that means we're doing what we're supposed to do to make it better but if that shit is falling apart if that shit is all over the place if that shit is in the trash then you have to look at your fucking self and yes i said it i meant it i'm here to represent it because today goddamn goddamn it Mm-mm. We can't keep lying to ourselves. We can't keep lying to ourselves. I had a conversation with my son yesterday, and that was a long story in itself. Um, and I was just telling him that I it was a, it was about three years ago my, when God told me he was going to deal with my younger son and my older son about their relationship with him and some other things that he was dealing with them on. He said he was going to teach them harshly. Now he's dealing with something right now. And I keep pointing him back to his relationship with God. Every time I say something to him, he gets he gets aggravated with me regarding the situation. I'm like, clearly God is talking to you. Clearly God, he's trying to get your fucking attention. The problem is with y'all nigga being goddamn, y'all so fucking hard-headed, you don't listen. Y'all don't like, y'all don't like to listen to women, period. And I get it. You know what I'm saying? But if you got a reasonable woman and they respect you and they care for you, then know that they're not trying to control you or tell you what the fuck to do in essence. Yes, but technically what they're doing is trying to help you better yourself. And anytime someone is trying to help you better yourself and they're doing it in love, nigga, and not in disrespect or not in forcefulness, then you know they really care for you and they want to see you win. They want to see you the best of who you are and that's the difference between someone just trying to control your ass and make you do what they want to do in order to manipulate you and get something from you there's a difference between the two and you should know the difference god damn it so he's frustrating shit out of me and you know he told me yesterday that i don't listen to him i said i guess he doesn't really really pay attention to the fact that I do. He said it's very difficult to communicate with me. I don't understand how he had that problem. But me and my daughter find no problem with communicating easily, right? Even though at times I might be, um, it's it's the stuff you see. Like, I think a lot of times he's not looking at the fact that I be looking at things to come and I'm viewing things from a long point stand and he's looking at it for right now. And a lot of times I think that's where my miscommunication with other people come from is that I'm dealing with them because I can see what's going to come if you don't (laughs) make this change. I'm always looking at the long-term effect of whatever it is that's going on in your life. And a lot of people misconstrue how I'm explaining things because they don't realize that's the way I'm looking at it. And oftentimes, I'm never off with it. 
You know what I mean? I'm never off with what I'm seeing that's coming when I'm already instructing. And black men, you have a hard time with that. But seriously, it's always because I'm seeing some shit coming down the pike. And they looking at what's happening today. I'm not looking at today. I'm looking at what's coming down the pike. Because today preps you for what's coming down the pike. You got to be prepared for what's coming down the goddamn pike. You know what I'm saying? You have to be aware of what's coming down the pike. You can't look at your life as what's, what's happening right now. Because you can't see what's coming down the pike. What's coming down the pike is going to be worse than the situation you're in right now. And that's our problem. As a people, we're not forecasting or foreshadowing events. We're looking at our lives as we live it today. And oftentimes there are other things that are coming for us that's going to make things even more difficult for us. And I've been saying for a long time all the stuff they're setting up for our people. And you're starting to see these things coming to fruition. And we still haven't seen half of the shit that's coming for our ass yet. And because we are a people who are not built around collective, man, this shit is going to get crazy. And imagine, overnight, this I, I'm telling you, yesterday, Thursday, the gas was $3. When I woke up yesterday, I seen that the gas was $3.30. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a jump. I have never seen gas go up that much in a, in in o- overnight. Maybe like two or three cents, maybe five cents, but 30 fucking cents? No, that's a hell of a price jump. And mind you, school is getting ready to start. So you got people around here buying school supplies and all this other stuff. And rent is about to be ready to be paid. And there's an increase in gas prices. Now imagine, that's going to impact your food. That's going to impact a lot of shit. So uh, as I'm saying, I'm looking at what's coming down the pike you note how I'm paying attention to everything that's happening? I'm not just focused on that one event, which was gas. Uh-uh. That one event with gas is going to trigger a whole bunch of other events. That's where I'm going with this. But, you know, nonetheless. All uniquely great. We all have a talent that no one else could do quite like you. And the greatest teachers in life are those that will shine a light on you to show you that there's something great already present within he just said exactly what I said. Um, I just want you to know I have not watched this yet. I I watched a couple of, maybe about um, five minutes of it, and um, which we're at nine. And seeing that it's something that I would like to incorporate in this podcast today, because I think some of the people will gain something from it. But truly, what he's saying is true. Their job is to shine the light on you. You always hear me say that as a teacher. You want to make sure your students gain all of the knowledge that they need. And you want to pour into them and you want to pull things out of them. And you also want to help them better themselves. Not just in the sport or in the knowledge in which they're receiving, but them personally. You feel what I'm saying? With that being said, we're going to open up the book of Yishayahu. Hallelujah. Yishayahu. Isaiah. Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Yehuda and Yerushalayim in the days of 
Pause for one second. I got to find this. Yotam Achaz, Akiskiyahu, all kings of Judah. I want to harp on the chapter one. Uh, sometimes we read things and we don't always consider the wording. I think it's significant. Um, the Torah does not employ the term uh, Navi to prophesy here. It actually uh, employs the term Chazon, which is a vision. Uh, some of your... Because they're seers, they're seeing things. Biblical translations might have it down as these are the prophecies of Isaiah, the son of Amos, right? And by all means, a vision is an aspect of prophecy because the Creator says, when I reveal myself to a prophet, I reveal myself to him in a vision or in a dream. Come on, hand now, niggas. That's why the first thing as a prophet, you have repetitive dreams that take you to a place where you're constantly seeing what is to come. You do it in your dreams first. The vision comes way later on, and it comes into training when God is training you up. That's the next phase is the visions. That there are two major modalities of prophecy. A prophet is either A, receiving a vision, which, by the way, we learn <coughs> that the term alone can happen while someone is totally conscious. Yes. Whereas a dream, you have to be asleep. Right. So when it speaks of the vision of Yahu, I want to point out that one of the main differences between a prophet who comes with a vision versus a prophet who comes with a, tree, a, a, a dream is that if you are conscious while the word of the Most High is moving through you, moving within you, use a bad motorcycle. Use a bad motorcycle. Because it is no easy thing to experience the word of the Almighty. At times we read in the Torah where it literally says that when, when prophets received uh, their vision, their dreams, or they were in a prophetic state, their bones shuddered. You know, the knees knocked. Prophecy does something to you because in that moment, you are drawn ever close to the Almighty God. And that's an experience that we can't pay, compare to anything. So if you're... Jaw drops, brothers or sisters, when you see that handsome man or that beautiful woman. Well, just imagine when you encounter the Almighty God. Just imagine what could happen to your body and your spirit with that type of encounter. Some of us, before a good beating, before we even get the lash, the licks, the box, the tump, whatever you want to call it, your jaw start dropping, right? Because you know what it's going to feel like. <laughs> well, imagine being in the presence of the Almighty God. So one of the first things I want to point out is the difference, prophetically speaking, between Isaiah and many other prophets the Bible speaks of. 
because this term chazon is highly significant. For a person to be in a totally conscious state to receive the word, it shows you that this is a person that is deeply spiritually refined. Deeply spiritually refined. Let's move on. Verse 2. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for Yehovah has spoken. Question. Why does the Creator address both the heavens and the earth before giving the proclamation? Hallelujah. Come on because now. two witnesses establish a matter. Come on here so now. It's not just a Creator that, you know, gives laws that he doesn't follow himself. Because that's called man. You know, man will tell you what you can and can't do. Watch him a little bit. You see that sucker doing the same thing he told you you can't do. Come on. <laughs> this is not the Creator. The Creator is about what He says. Yes. He is, as we all came up saying, more, many of us were ran in some of the similar schools, right? I'm looking around, even though a lot of you were even before my time, right? Um, you gotta be the song that you sing yes. and the message that you bring. Yes. Many of us struggle with that. Yeah. Am I perfect? No. But guess what? No man is. Yeah. But guess what the Creator tells us? You can be. Yes. You can be that. Most of us are not that. Mm -hmm. And we tend to get hung up on that. Mm -hmm. But the Creator told Abraham, walk with me and be thou tamim, perfect. Come on. Tamim is also used the Hebrew to talk about twins, teomim. When the Creator, in the words of our Chief of Chiefs, Chief Naphtali, he would love to say this, I remember, when the Creator called out to Abraham after he passed his tenth and final test, the Creator says, Avraham, Avraham, he calls his name twice. Chief of Chiefs used to always say that means that he is sealed in both heaven and earth. Mm. Or his physical nature has just met his spiritual source. This is powerful to consider and realize that there is an aspect of perfection that can be reached, which can cause you to elevate beyond the confines of your physical body. Come on here. Where you have total mastery, total control over your spiritual dexterity. Mm. That which gives you movement among God. Mm. This is a very, very powerful thing to consider. And some of it we can reap just by looking at the opening line in sentence two. The creator says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. In, in my book, a witness <coughs> is someone that either heard or saw something. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. You can't be called a witness and you didn't see nothing and you didn't hear nothing. The fact that the Creator calls heaven and earth a witness should be screaming something to us. Don't you know that heavens are sentient? Mm -hmm. Meaning a living intelligence. Come on here now. Don't you know that even modern science says that the earth, the raw earth itself, not just mankind, nature and animals, but the earth itself is, is considered yes. in modern science to be a sentient living organism. Come on here now. This is why when there's wickedness in various parts of the earth, the earth That's itself is spawned with floods, earthquake, storm, wind. What does he say? fulfilling my word. Yes. The earth is sentient and it responds to those who are not in sync with the will of the Almighty. Remember it tells you that the land will rise up against the people. Woo! Woo! Vegas. Woo! 
Alright, alright, I'm done. As a father, the creator correctly says, I have reared and brought up children, uh. and they have rebelled against me. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, wait a minute, pause. I have reared and brought up children that has rebelled against me. You already know, parents. What you feel when your kids are rebelling or being disrespectful towards you. Just saying, just saying. Now you understand. My oldest are twin girls. They're 15 going on 16. Although I haven't experienced it, and I hope I never will, I can just imagine the feeling it is to rear children up in the right way mm-hmm. and literally have to watch them depart from it. Mm-hmm. That's got to be tough. Mm-hmm. Especially when you know I didn't do nothing wrong because we all know the creator didn't go wrong nowhere. And many of us as parents can say, maybe I wasn't the best parent, but for damn sure you got more than so-and-so across the street. Mm. For damn sure you got more than this person you always bring in this house. Mm -hmm. If you're a real parent that's paying attention, not just to your kids, but to who you bring around, right? Mm -hmm. Let's move on. Verse three. The ox knoweth its owner, and the ass his master's, its master's crib. Guys, Come just to now. be absolutely clear, the creator is straight up dissing you to your face right now. <laughs> 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 Although, Pause, because you remember me saying it, right? You remember me saying God don't play, and his words are gangster, and he, he really don't give a shit about what you feel about the things he's saying because he really does be be saying it i mean you can't tell me god ain't black you you just can't but you'll see it's because you diss him to his face every day yeah and when you diss the creator to his face, guess what you're going to get? Dissed. The same measure. Exactly. Because any time you depart from those moral edicts presented on Mount Sinai, it's as if you're presenting a slap before the creator of heaven. Pause, niggas. Pause. Woo. Yesterday, right? Woo-wee. Ah. Father. Niggas. Um, somebody told my ass. He said, what is the ultimate goal of you doing these Hebrew studies and languages and and things? What's what's the ultimate goal for you doing these things? Alright now, goddamn. I enjoyed my conversation with my dad this morning, my father that raised me up, okay? We had a conversation, and I am so proud to have been able to show him some things this morning that um, it is a blessing to be able to teach your parent a thing, but to have them listen and understand you and agree. See, this morning, me and my daddy had a very good talk and it was on them verses but the thing I love about my stepdad was hold on baby let me get my bible niggas 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 my my daddy went and got his bible 
we sat down and read that verse, I said, Daddy, if God is saying I am he alone first by myself, and if there is no other after me, I'm alone, and there will be nobody beside me, near me, across from me, sitting next to me. Nigga, the y'all New Testament tell you that the, the man seated in the seat of what? My seat of God. Proclaiming what? He is God. Come on, niggas, now, goddamn. What? What? Oh, shit. Now, I know because he's a Christian. He don't understand some things. But when the nigga told me, goddamn, that the fallen created traps. (laughs) And me worshiping the only creator, God. And you worshiping JC. And I'm the one that fell to the trap of the fallen niggas, goddamn. And and because he said that the <laughs> because I was talking about all of the things when I tell you this young blood found this mountain here that speaks of exactly what transpired when they said Moses cracked or hit the mountain and it split and water came gushing out. If I can tell you, goddamn it, it showed exactly that. And the difference between the mountain they say it took place at over there versus the one here in the States is like night and day don't even, con- they don't even match. But the one here showed so much water coming up out of that space that you like, damn. But also there was a an altar near the same space. Father God in heaven here. But I know, I know, I know. It's it's hard to con- conceive because he said nobody's talking about it. Well, I said to him, um, just because it's not in your history book don't mean it's not true. That's when he went in with the fallen planting ideas and all this other shit. And then gonna say, I don't know who God's chosen people are. Nigga, if you're not reading the prophecies, you wouldn't know. My dad said, his sister is so angry, but I told him about those curses about how God said he would cause the people to be angry for no reason. I said, there's a scripture about how the fatherless children, right? The children of um, widows, mothers. Mothers would be living in the space and their sons would be hanging on a street corner like bulls in a net. And I said, Daddy, if Christianity gave us um, a new covenant, why are we still dealing with the curses of the old one? And if Christianity came to do away with it and make changes and give us something greater than what our ancestors were dealing with, and you're saying we're no longer cursed under Christ, why are the people still exhibiting those curses? He said, because it's not. And that's why we're still experiencing them. Niggas. Niggas, it was beautiful today. 
it was beautiful today to see that. Now I got one more daddy to get to now. But we're going to see how he get to it. Moving on, y'all. Sorry. And he says in the most disrespectful way, and I want you to know he is definitely trying to disrespect you. Let's be clear. And if you think I'm being extra in saying that, the ox is considered a very strong animal. Absolutely. It's the mat truck of its day. Right? But it is dumb as a bowl of rocks when you try to eat soup. If that makes sense. I know I'm corny. I'm trying, y'all. <laughs> but it's, it's considered an animal with much less intelligence in comparison to the rest of the animals you can find in nature. Yes. The fact that he says, even the ox knows its owner, and the ass <coughs> is master's crib, that's what he's saying is, some of the dumbest creatures in existence acknowledge who's in control. Yes. And another dummy knows where home is. What is he saying? Israel does not consider that God is their father, the creator, maker, owner, and possessor. Come on now. Nor do they realize that you are sitting in his house daily. Come on here now. But your mama said, you can do what you want outside. You come in here and do that? <laughs> and some of our mamas don't even let us get that much. Anywhere you sit, I'm on your cardio, per se. Right? So the creator is reminding us of our stench in this moment. Mm -hmm. What a powerful way, Isaiah, to introduce yourself to the people. Mm -hmm. You ever wonder why the people don't like the prophets? Consider some of their first messages. <laughs> Verse 4. Oh, Israel does not know. My people do not, not consider. consider. Um, this word, know in Hebrew, entails much more than um, acquiring information. For instance, we're all familiar with the passage in the Bible where it says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, right? Nobody questioned that. Mm -mm. We was given the Torah. Mm -hmm. The Creator says, "This is your wisdom in the sight of the people." Mm. What lack of knowledge you trying to say we got? We produce Solomon, David, Moses, Deborah, Miriam, Aharon. The list goes on. Mm -hmm. So many inspired men and women who stood tall before the Almighty mm -hmm. with knowledge that many of us today still can't grasp. Come on here now. So we may have to revamp how we're looking at this word knowledge because maybe we're looking at it incorrectly. Mm -hmm. So the English word knowledge is a compound word. Mm -hmm. No, and the old German word lech. Lech means to act upon. Mm -hmm. And no simply means to have information. The word knowledge literally means to act upon what one knows. Mm -hmm. So just notice how all of us use it wrong. Uh -huh. When we hear somebody with beautiful words and beautiful speech, and we say, damn, that's a knowledgeable brother. Well, my God, that's a knowledgeable sister. Well, have you followed them to see Come that on. they marry their words with their actions? What was it? Do you hang out? Oh, Your ass understand. Wisdom and knowledge is something you really got to comprehend and get wrapped around your mind. 
because you're supposed to be a doer of what you say. Remember when I told you that <clears throat> when I used to work with the kids, they used to tell me that all the teachers talk about God, <clears throat> but they never display the things that they taught the kids. That's hip- that's, hip- that's, hip- that's hypocrisy. Remember when I told you that my students would tell me that their parents would tell them to do one thing and they asked would do the opposite? Huh? That's, that's, that's hypocritical there. So don't show your kids things that you know are not correct. Don't drink around them, smoke around them, cuss around them if you don't like these things. Or you don't want them to do those things if you have a problem with them doing them things. If you understand these things are an issue. I recall now, my son's grown and he got anxiety. So he was saying he wanted to try marijuana to help with his anxiety. And I had a, my his, his uncle who smoked weed told him this. And I love the wisdom of someone teaching you something. Not from the perspective of how they do it, but it's, I mean, um, it's, it's how you teach it, right? He told him, don't do it. Find something else. He said, my daughter smoked weed, and that's all she does. She don't never want to do shit with herself. You find most people who do rely on it in a way, and they make incorrect judgments in life. Niggas. Now, I'm not saying all people that smoke weed have incorrect judgments, but most people who smoke it regularly, goddamn. Because what you don't know is it be fucking with your mind. And how you don't know it's fucking with your mind, goddamn, is because you have to think about something that's created. Me and my stepdad had a dialogue today. Now, he, he's a farmer, so he knows. See, we're supposed to eat the fruits or deal with things that produce seeds. And a lot of the shit we eat today don't really produce seeds anymore. So it helps you to understand it's not in its natural state. So anything that's not in its natural state is going to cause more harm to the body. Do you understand what I'm saying here? And if they change the chemical compound of the shit you smoking now, goddammit, and they change the chemical compound in the 40s to make it more addictive, because marijuana was never addictive. Let's just say if you was drink, if you was smoking weed before the 40s, damn, you got the natural shit straight from the earth after the 40s niggas no you don't have the natural shit straight from the earth now you if you got your shit from jamaica you did because they they had that sense of smell y'all and that jamaican weed was the natural weed from the earth now in jamaica they don't even have it anymore you know what the, the the government does niggas they come in and they tell you to cut your shit down and then they tell you you have to use the stuff that they provide so every so often you you notice that the farmers change their things because it's no longer considered fda approved and if you make money selling products and crops you got to go by what the fda approves niggas and if they changing the shit to fuck you up then you already know goddamn you're not getting some natural shit even though y'all always want to talk about it came from the earth well yeah nigga it did but you're not you're not smoking that shit now the shit you got is not the original shit that God made. It's the shit the man put their motherfucking hands on and tweaked for their own benefit to cause y'all ass to be fucked up. But y'all don't want to listen to that because y'all get mad when somebody give you that truth because you don't want to stop doing some shit. 
Just saying now, goddammit. Just saying. For them to know that they are the message that they bring and the song that they sing. Because until <coughs> the words sound nice, but I'm not sure if I could call you knowledgeable, bro. Because knowledge represents acting upon what one knows. Come on. And what the Creator is saying when He says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, you are destroyed because you don't, you don't act upon the Torah that I gave you. Mm -hmm. Real simple. So when he says Israel does not know, he is... Mind you now, this is the same people that you will tell these things, right? That you're not supposed to eat pork and lap and shrimp and uh, lobster. Oh, no, but Jesus told us we can eat whatever we want. Nigga, clearly Jesus is contradicting the shit that the Father told our ancestors to do. So that that's what I told my daddy today. I said, if he's going against anything that the, that the Father already set up for his people and everything is invalid now... Y'all ass should be mad, cause these motherfucker tricked y'all ass. But it's in the Bible. Yes, no, niggas. The original Bible was consisted of the Old Testament. They added to your ancestors stuff. They put an addendum. If you don't know what an addendum is, it's an attached form to a legal document, and is changing what the original document actually meant, nigga. Yes, the New Testament is an addendum. ...talking about the fact that we are not in concert with that which leaves our mouth. Because Israel as a people, as a nation, when we get ready, oh, we got the greatest songs for you. I bear witness to that. I can brag of having uh, 27 years in this way of life, but then I could also tell you some things that's a little shameful. How I ran into certain Israelites in the streets at certain junctions and, and, and phases in my life with no fringes on. On the Shabbat. Not keeping Shabbat. Mm -hmm. Not even thinking Shabbat. I have one teacher who I respect so much, I'm almost tempted to say his name. He calls himself the War Chief. And one day he seen me off Shabbat, no fringes, doing everything but Torah. And we were talking. And the whole time we were talking, I got the feeling like he was just staring at the four corners of my garment, man. Knowing good and well, I don't got no nothing hanging from the four corners of my garment. And the whole time that the war chief is talking to me, he is looking at the four corners of my garment, and he is such a poetic person. Y'all know when he speaks, he always got a jewel for you. He's such a poetic person, right? So I, I, I know it's coming, but I was never ready, because that's just the kind of person he is. He is the war chief, right? So you're not supposed to see it coming. So just when I think, oh, he's not going to mention it, I'm good. Yes, I start leaving. He goes, wait up. <laughs> got a question for you, huh? Oh. Uh, what happened to your fringes? I said, oh, damn. Wait, I don't got them on? Now and because he a Levite, he gave me the look like, ah, I'll smack you, bro. Don't, don't disrespect me <laughs> with such a response. And because there was some degree of humility left in me, even in sin, I said, yeah, chief, I'm, I'm slipping. And he said, but you don't have to fall. Mm. And if you fall, you could get up. Mm -hmm. Damn. Damn. But you know what? Thank God for men and women of God who are unafraid to tell you about yourself. Mm -hmm. 
What did brother say, niggas? What did the brother say? Mm. Thank the people that's not afraid to tell you about yourself. Just saying, niggas. Just saying. And this is the point of what Isaiah is doing. We gotta put respect on men and women that are unafraid to tell you about yourself because at the end of the day, those are probably the people that care most about you. Can you imagine knowing that somebody's about to fall in a ditch? They may die, their family with them, and you don't open your mouth to say a word? Come There's on no love. here now. How could you speak of love? Mm. But you know what? There's a dichotomy between that because part of the reason that people find it hard to correct is because everybody's response is not humble. Mm. Can you imagine telling somebody, hey, you know, I noticed this. And I've had those run-ins in my life, too. And I learned from those experiences. And that's the point. You're supposed to learn. Don't you know that there's people that, and this is a thing for men, there's people that physically can't do nothing with me as far as I feel, right? But when they approach to correct, I make myself as a child. It doesn't matter how you feel physically. Someone is giving you a spiritual truth. Can you imagine that you're older now, you're feeling yourself, I'm 6'2". I'll be, I know you used to be 6'3", but you're getting older, you're looking more like 5'11". So I'm gonna move what you asked me to move a little later. I'm not gonna move it right now, bruh. Mm. Some of y'all stop laughing, y'all parents is looking at y'all. <laughs> Don't try it. So the point that I'm trying to make in touching on this verse is sometimes we can become full of ourselves mm -hmm. because of the richness or the fatness that the Creator allows us to enjoy. Mm. And this is Israel at this point in history, at this time in history. We are fat, even as Deuteronomy 32 says, Yeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Yes, sir. Verse 4, a sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children who are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel to anger. They have turned backwards. backwards. Yeah. Could you imagine? Whew. I'm trying to find the best way to say this. Some of y'all know I struggle with that at times. You, can you imagine how retarded you got to be to really think you could turn your back on God? Like if you turn your back, he, he don't see you now. It's akin to the person that, and I want everyone to really think about this, because some of us have been there, and I'll be the first to admit I have been there too. You ever watch a video on TV where it's showing like a person stealing from a department store, and they looking for cameras? <laughs> and they looking to see who else in the store might be looking? And the person might got a cross on too. You know, they say they're Christians and they're spiritual, right? The person might have a Magen David or a menorah on too. The person might have fringes on, albeit I'm sure they probably tucked it in their pockets. I'm open. But the point is, while we looking for the camera, while we looking for the human, fool, are you forgetting? God, God sees. Yeah. Can you imagine how sick your mind has to be that you're checking for everybody but God? That's the one person you could never fool. No matter which way you turn, he's there. Mm -hmm. 
where should you still be stricken that you revolt again? This is deep. I always say the Torah speaks to us every single day. So even if you read a passage in the Torah that is evoking a history that occurred over, you know, two millennia, three millennia ago, there's a message in there for you today. Mm-hmm. It says, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to walk, I'm going to trot lightly on this one. Every head is sick and every heart is faint. No, Abdiel, you read that wrong. Some of the heads are sick and some of the hearts is faint. No, Abdiel, you read that wrong. There's a portion that's sick and there's a... No, I think I'm reading right. Every head is sick and every heart is faint. What am I saying to you right now this moment? Don't think that there's a single leader, teacher, somebody you look up to alive today that's not fighting some kind of demon. Come on here now. And if they try to convince you they're not, uh-huh. in the most likely way, <coughs> they're full of sugar and honey with a lot of iced tea. Period. Because the Torah says, there is no man that doeth good uh-huh. that sinneth not. Come on here. Don't you know being transparent about your sin causes someone who's going through that sin to be inspired to think, well, damn, Prince so-and-so that did this, that I thought, once you do that, you're done, he's still around? People are still being inspired by him? God is still working with him? God is still using him? Then guess what that person feels like? There's hope for them. But when you float in and you're walking around like, you know, when you go to the bathroom, nothing in there that you do stinks. Come on. And you don't ever give the people the impression that, you know, I could do something wrong. Come on. In my walk, I've met a lot of people. Privileged to meet most of them and, looking back, unprivileged to meet some. Okay, come on here now. I had a brother in the community once say to me, Ah, you can never let the people know your sin, ah. Because once you do that, they're going to judge you. Probably watch it. I'm talking to you. Once you do that, ah, they're going to lose the love for you. Uh, it's but okay. you know what I said? That's fake love. Man. Yep. Because the Creator shows us time and time again. So long as you got the breath of life, you can come back. Yep. The righteous shall fall seven times, and yet what? Rise. Yep. This is why King David prays. God, please don't let man judge me. Come on now. What do you think man do? They judge you. And they watch. You like him? Nah, I ain't really feeling him. Why? Why he gotta wear all them chains for? You like him? No. Nah, I don't like him. Why? He always licking his lips. (laughs) Can you trust this brother around your belongings. Yes. Can you trust this brother around those that you love and care so that at least this person that do a whole lot of licking on their lips and a whole lot of wearing chains, they still not going to violate you or yours. Come on here now. We be checking for the wrong thing. Yes, we do. This is why there were seven people that passed before Samuel before God said that's the one. Samuel said, no, 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 that got to be the one. You see the way his baby here drop on his braids? <laughs> no, that's not the one. That got to be the one. 
fridge has got a Kai built into it. No, that's not the one. That got to be the one. Why? I ain't never heard him or her make an error when they read in that Hebrew boy. Got to be them. No, they ain't come to the little scraggly one, dirty as whatever, and got the nerve to be making their dirty lips. <laughs> and God say that's the one. Israel, we checking for the wrong thing. Come on here now. And we're so full of ourselves to the point where we don't even see that it is not it is not from a boastful spirit that a person comes from mm -hmm. when they can confront and acknowledge their sins publicly, mm -hmm. but it's from a point that transparency breeds an environment mm -hmm. for excellence. It breeds an environment for elevation. Mm -hmm. and it breeds an environment for people to know, consider, and understand that my lifeline with the Creator stops when I stop trying. Mm. Okay, so. Oof. You said a whole lot just there. But the breakdown is. As long as you got breath. And a will to do better but are willing to say, listen, I struggle with that thing. And I, I did, I was angry or I did this thing and I was out of line and I shouldn't have done it. And I, I, sh I should know better, but I, I'm, I'm sorry today because I'm apologizing for the wrong I've done. I'm confessing I did you wrong. See, when you confess a thing with a pure heart, you can accept the apology because you know they're sincere. When a person confess in their spiritual walk, especially when they're teaching and elevating other people and pouring into them and you telling them don't. I've had a hard time struggling with this thing, but I'm daily praying and seeking God so I can do better. They going to look at you and be like, like the kids used to say at work. I, I, everybody else is talking about what they don't do or not to do, but they don't follow it. You're the only person I see who preach this thing all the time and actually live it. You live what you, what you preach. I tell you when I have struggled with dealing with certain people and I try my best to navigate through those relationships, I tell you why I disconnect myself from certain people because I know it's interfering with my relationship with God. You understand what I'm saying when you confess your faults? Not because you're trying to tell people, nigga, I stole that shit last night. I was... Ooh That's a different story, isn't it? It's, it's told differently. Oh yeah, yeah. That nigga was that nigga was caught slipping. So you know, I had to I had to get that nigga. That's bravado. That's bragging. You turning people against the ways of God when you brag about doing wrong. There's a difference between speaking of the ills you've done in order to bring correction in your life versus telling people and celebrating of how you hurt or crossed your brothers and your sisters and taken from them and you know you did it. Come on here now.
Think about that. Okay. Y'all know I'm wrong with it. I'm sorry. From the sole of the foot to the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and sores. They have not been pressed nor bound up nor softened with oil. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. As for your land, strangers devour it in your presence, and it is desolate as if overthrown by strangers. Ah, oh, niggas. Yo, yo, land. The shit you stay on now. The shit you in right now. It's yours. It belonged to you. And what is going on? Strangers are doing what? Devouring the land. Destroying it before your very eyes. Tearing it up. Have no regard for it. They stole it from you and then they they disrespected it because we had preservation and care for the land we had. We didn't overfish. We didn't over, you know, take or, or kill and, and all of the other stuff that had happened after they came upon this land. Oh, come on here now. Y'all better understand. And the daughter of Zion is left like a shelter in a vineyard, mm. like a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, mm. like a seed city. If the Lord of hosts had not left us a very small remnant, we should have been like Sodom. We should have been like Gomorrah. Now watch the disrespect coming to him. Hear the word of the Lord, O ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the Torah of our God, O people of Gomorrah. You know how low you have to fall spiritually? When the Creator addresses you, O Shalomo, O Yehezquel, O the beautiful Hebrew names, and tell you that you're a whole Sodomite? Mm. That you're a whole Amorite or Gomorrite? That's deep. Some of us is out our minds completely because we don't even see that we are so stink. Some of y'all don't want to relate to this publicly and openly, but I will say it. You ever been somewhere at a party, an event? DJ scream out, throw your hands in the air. You throw it up, you put it back down real quick. Can you smell yourself? <laughs> Some of y'all smell yourself and still got your hands up. What's God saying? I'm going to need you to put your hand down. Because you stink. What am I saying through allegory? Stop stepping up for positions that you don't belong in. Mm. Because you're going to lead people to hell. Ooh, ooh. You might not go first because you're leading them, so they got to go before you. But you definitely go into it. Because one of the greatest sins in the Torah is not just a person who does sin. It's the one that but teaches it. Others to sin. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the smartest thing to do is step down. Mm -hmm. Better is it that somebody calls you and says, come sit here. Then you just hop in a seat and somebody say, whoa, fall back. That's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices? This is going to touch home. I am full of the burnt offering of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bulls. Mm. What is the Creator talking about? Who asked you about sacrifice, oh Christian? Mm. You have made the sacrificial system, which was intended to be the icing, you made it the whole cake. Mm -hmm. I don't know about your mama, mm -hmm. but my mama made cake so good that it don't need icing. Come with it. When we get icing with the cake, it's good. But there is such a cake that you don't even need icing Come for. with me. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. Yes, you don't it need is. the icing. It's dope to have. 
The sacrificial system helps us to draw closer, but your obedience, doing what I actually said, come to with do, me. That's the cake. That's it. When you come to appear before me, who has required this at your hand? To trample my courtyards. Bring no more vain offerings. Come on. So no Christians is not the end of the system. Bring no more offerings. That are in vain. Y'all didn't hear me say it now. You didn't hear me say it multiple times. It became a ritualistic practice. So if you bringing it to me and you not making no change, then what's the purpose for it? If the priest going to take a little nudge nudge in order to take a man's wife so he can keep her property, then what I got them for? All the time, we want somebody to love us in our sinful behavior towards one another and as well as God. We want justification for the wrongs we do. Ouch, nigga. Ow, 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 ow. Because I'm sticking my fucking self. Hold yourself accountable for your actions towards your fellow man. Give respect where it's due. Just saying. Incense of abomination they are to me. As for your new moons and Sabbaths and the calling of assemblies, I cannot bear iniquity along with solemn meeting. So what do a lot of Israelites do that don't want to keep Torah, period? We ain't got to come out. Look, look, open up the Isaiah. Go to um, chapter 1. Hold on, let me Google it. I don't remember the verse. They don't do that. They don't remember the verse. It's because they don't live in the verses. That's right. When you come to appear before me, who has required? See, see, right here at verse 13. Your new moons and your Sabbath. See, we don't got to come out, huh? Because God don't want that no more. Yeah? Well, you need to go back to the rest of the book, like starting with Deuteronomy 30. Come with me. Maybe go to Malachi 4 or 3. Zakor, Torah, Moshe, Adi. Remember the laws of Moses, my servant, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Come we don't on. need to remember that. We can go right and start with Deuteronomy 30. Come with me. If you return to the Lord your God according to everything that I command you here today, then I will restore you as my people and as my nation. Come on. Then shall you receive what? Salvation. Come on. I read somewhere, Psalms 119, verse 155. Salvation is far from the wicked because the wicked keep not the Torah. Come on now. If you're intelligent, you can understand. Salvation is far from the wicked because the wicked keep not Torah. Father, did the nigga say, did the wicked... Did the, did, did the wicked niggas tell you that they don't need to keep it? Huh? It's done away with? Huh? Oh, let me tell you what I told my daddy today. Anything that goes against what God established himself first, he established it first. He never told you he was changing anything, niggas. So if he said he wasn't changing anything, how the f did he get changed? Who told you? Who told you that it was changed? Look at the person that told you that. Huh? What was it? Father, these niggas be tripping. Just saying. Reverse. If salvation is far from the wicked because the wicked keep not the Torah, isn't it also saying that salvation is achievable because you keep the Torah? Yes. And when you stretch out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. And when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. That word, many prayers, hey, wait, also is interpreted in various interpre uh, 
Many, when you make many prayers, I won't even hear it. Uh, what was that? Was that the second verse, niggas? Okay. Bible um, translations as, as when you pray long. Most of us in here pray as a congregation. We're, we don't just, you know, um, we're not just at home or watching online. People who are like that, most of them don't belong to communities because they may not be a community in their area, and we understand that. But for most of us, we belong to a community, so we've been in a congregational setting. That means everybody could relate to, yo, he ain't gonna stop praying, it's 10 minutes, and we supposed to close since 15 minutes ago. He into the 10th minute of prayer, bro. Somebody tap him and let him know it's time to go. But you know what that person is doing? They, they let go all the Hebrew they know. Uh -huh. They let go all the English they know. And then here come the person that comes behind them to officially close the service. And they close it with three words. You know, three words to God is more potent than ten minutes of vanity. Yes. So you're sitting with your hands outstretched. Oh, God of our fathers, you could go into Hebrew, Aramaic. You could say the prayer in higher voice. Mm -hmm. God still don't hear you. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doing from before my eyes. Mm -hmm. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Mm -hmm. Judge the orphan. Plead for the widow. Come now, let us reason together, said the Lord. Though your sin be as scarlet, uh-oh, there's a turnaround. They shall be as white as snow. Don't count me out, brother. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. You know my past. I know, I know. I'm, you know my past, right? All right. But guess what? I may not know you enough to know your past, but guess what? Somebody that know you know your past. So stop acting like I'm the only one that got a past. Come on now. And while we at it, can I get a pass? Come on here. Talk to me. That's right. Because unlike man, I have an opportunity to change my life. Come on, man. So long as I know I still have life. Yeah. That's why we pray. Pray, Almighty, that the judgment is in your hand and not in man's. Because man ready to count you out Come from on. the first sin. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. How the faithful city has become a harlot. Can you imagine watching what you would consider, brothers, one of the baddest righteous sisters that you know, turn into a whole harlot? Ooh. I said whole harlot. I know I said that too fast. You might have thought I said something else. <laughs> Your silver has become dross. Your wine is mixed with water. Your princes are rebellious and companions of thieves. Mm. Everyone loves bribes and follows after rewards. They judge not the orphan, neither do they cause, neither, neither does the cause of the widow reach them. Now, the widow is not just a widow, niggas. It's just a woman without a husband. Huh? Advise it. I went somewhere a couple weeks ago. And I seen the Hispanic guy go pick up a black boy from a single mother. I was like, wow, we got other people that are not our people sewing into our children's lives and picking these kids up and pouring into them and spending time with them because they need to have a male figure in their lives. Just saying. Plead for the orphan and the, and the widow 
standing on their behalf. You remember a couple of weeks ago when I did the podcast and you heard the um, Umar Johnson saying, saying when the brother was talking in the, in the isolated incident, he kept saying you are single, uh, a singularist, a singularist, and you're only focused on yourself but not your community. And the fact that our kids need us to step up and teach them some things, just saying. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, I will ease me of my adversaries and avenge me of my enemies. I will turn away my hand upon you and smelt away your dross as with lie. And I will take away all your base alloy and I will restore your judges as at the first and your counselors as at the beginning. Afterward, you shall be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion shall be redeemed with judgment and those who return to her with righteousness. Alright, family. That's it. It's done. Had you long enough. I'm going to try to stop doing all these long ass podcasts. Um, much love and respect to you if nobody told you today that you are phenomenally awesome and that you are somebody special, that, that I love you. You know, sometimes we got to tell the kids, too, in the community that we love them, that they know that somebody love them, that somebody care about them, that somebody appreciate being in a part of their lives because most of us don't even have nobody telling us that they love us. I told you when the kids, um, when I used to tell the kids that at, at work, at, they would be so happy at somebody saying that to them. You don't know how often the kids don't get to hear that, that somebody loves them, that somebody cares about them, that somebody appreciate them, that they would lift them up and tell them that they're good and they've done something correct. When are we going to start sowing into our kids' lives in the community? Somebody got to do it. I appreciate you. I ain't going to keep yelling at you now, goddamn. But I just want to tell you that I love you. That you're special and you are phenomenally awesome people of God. And we all fall parts of our lives. We are not perfect people. He said even they come from the womb corrupt. The corruption come in the womb from the womb. They come out the womb corrupt. How do I know? Ain't you ever seen a baby lie? hide and do some sneaky shit they corrupt from the womb like the scripture said so clearly niggas ain't done and i rather have just add to this than to start a new one so just hold on a second Which takes you into consideration that I said before, like Israel is set up to be a holy nation in the sight of others. And when you think about everything that was going on around and during the time, it was different from 
any other nation because all the other nations was polytheistic in that in essence um and this is a completely different thing that you had seen but the important piece is that the preparation that he did for the people to come into the land and the fact that before they can even enter into the land, they did a lot of complaining, grumbling, and and a lot of rebellion because they came out of a city of rebellion and they brought it with them, in essence. So Moshe is going to be running down a lot of different things. This is a small portion, but it's an important portion because we're about to go into the land. And the reason why they, they named the book Deuteronomy because they named it uh, Reiteration. Because it was supposed to be this, like a second saying of the Torah or what have you. But this portion is called Devarim, meaning what? Words or things. So let's get into the portion. The book of Devarim, chapter 1, verse 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These are the words which Moshe spoke unto all Israel beyond the Jordan, in the wilderness in the Arabah, over the Sioux, between Paran and Tophel, and Laban and Hazerot, and these are hot. So, Briefly, I don't know all of the locations. The, the Suf that they're referring to is Yam Suf. The Adaba is somewhere in near the Red Sea, near the Gulf of Aquaba. But it's it's somewhere near the Negev, because they're about to enter the land and they just defeated Sahon, King of the Amorites, and Old King of Bashan. So they're, they're there and they're ready. And I want to give you some, some background behind why this needs to be said and why Moshe has to say all this stuff. Most of the people that came out of Egypt are dead. This group, some of them remember Egypt, they were teenagers then, but the oldest group of people outside of Caleb and Joshua, Yahushua, are around 59 years old. Because remember, everybody that's 21, that was 20 and upward, died. So a lot of these people, they don't know nothing about Egypt. They only they only know the wilderness. They only know Moshe. That's it. They don't know nothing. So even a lot of how they they got there to this point, it's being reiterated because some of them were babies, some of them were born. Some of them were born in the wilderness and that's all they knew. They only knew the priesthood. They didn't know anything about a golden calf. They didn't know anything about that culture. So as most days reiterating to them, there are people that are there that can bear witness to what happened, and there are people that are there that have to take what Moses say at face value because, yeah, I always wanted to know that. Why is Caleb and, you know, my grandpa's dead. Why is Caleb and, and Yahushua are the only people that are old around us right now? Why is it this way? How do we get this structure? So he's going through the whole process so that everybody can understand where they are, where they are right now, and what they're about to get into when they go into the land. Hallelujah. It is eleven days' journey from Horeb unto Kadesh Barnea, by the way of Mount Sif. And it came to pass in the fortieth year, in the eleventh month, on the first day of the month, that Moshe spoke unto the children of Israel according unto all that Yahweh had given him and commanded unto them. Now that wasn't something that was just said as a measure of writing down the fact that it, 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 we were there for 40 years. It's letting you know that we were supposed to be there's 11 day journey 
to get into the land, and it took us 40 years because of our evil, mm -hmm. because of our lack of heart, mm -hmm. because of our procrastination. Mm -hmm. After he had spent Sihon, the king of the Amorites, who dwelt in Keshbon, the old the king of Bashan, who dwelt in Ashtaro, at Ebrehi, beyond the Jordan in the land of Moab, took Moshe upon him to expound this law, saying, Jehovah our God spoke unto us in Horeb, saying, He hath broke long enough in this mountain. Turn you and take your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites, and unto all the places nigh there unto in the Arabah, and the hill country and in the lowland, and in the south and by the seashore, the land of the Canaanites and Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which Jehovah swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Yitzchak, and to Yahweh, to give unto them and to their seed after them. And I spoke unto you at that time, saying, I am not able to bear you myself alone. Jehovah your God hath multiplied you. And behold, ye are this day as the stars of heaven for multitude. Jehovah, the God of your fathers, makes you a thousand times so many more as ye are, and bless you as he hath promised you. How can I myself alone bear, bear your cumbrance and your burden and your strength? Get you from each one of your tribes wise men, and understanding, and full of knowledge, and I will make them heads over you. And he answered me and said, The day which thou hast spoken is good for us to do. So I took the heads of your tribes, wise men, and full of knowledge, and made them heads over captains of thousands, captains of hundreds, and captains of fifties, and captains of tens, and officers, tribe by tribe. And I charged your judges at that time, saying, Here the cause is between your brethren, and judge righteously, between the man and his brother, and the stranger that is with him. He shall not respect persons in judgment. He shall hear the small and the great alike. He shall not be afraid of the face of any man, for the judgment is yours, and the cause that is too hard for you, ye shall bring unto me, mm. and I will hear it. And I command you at the time, at that time, all the things which ye should do. So, one of the first things that he explained to him is how we establish our structure. How do we get to this point where so-and-so is a chief man, so-and-so is a captain, so-and-so is a lieutenant, and you report to these people? How do we get to this point where this is how our structure is when it comes to judgment? It's because I was the only person doing the judgment at one time, and I couldn't bear the burden. Regardless of how much power the Most High God gave me, I couldn't bear the burden of dealing with the whole house of Israel and all of their problems. You know what? Moses, he stepped on my shoe and messed up my valleys, hmm. and he owed me money for my valleys. Hmm. The valley was messed up before I stepped on them, and I don't owe you money for that. Hmm. But that's what the job of the judge is. You got to get everything, even the stuff that you consider petty. You got it. That's why you have a, a hierarchy how you deal with it. Right. Okay, mm -hmm. that's not my problem. That's a lower level problem. Mm -hmm. That's a lower magistrate problem. That's who you bring that issue to. If the issue is something more than Once again, it went to the people. Similar to today, kind of similar in the court system. Now, if you really want to think about it, that whole ideology and mind you, you didn't have to, you didn't, you didn't have to pay to go to school to be a judge and hear people issues in order to render the right judgment but today we got to pay for this stuff right isn't that interesting they found a way to monetize a lot of things well, then it comes up and it comes up and it comes to motion it was too difficult for everybody to do anybody else to do and in that he explained you shall respect 
You shall not respect persons in judgment. You shall hate the small and the greater light. You shall not be afraid of the face of any man, but the judgment is But you know the real interesting thing is is also is that there was a standard for them as well that they had to keep and uphold in righteousness as they judged the, the people in the land. In the cause that is too hard for you, you shall bring it to me and I will hear it. Now, I just want to talk about disrespect. You know, as I said earlier, oftentimes, and this is the reason why Moshe is saying what he's saying because there's sometimes you may not get along with a person. You and that person got some beef. And all of a sudden, the person that's the agitator makes themselves look like the victim. Mm. But if you don't know the history of how that beef started, mm -hmm. you think that, oh yeah, he's talking aggressively. He's talking violent. He's the hater. He's this. He's that. Look at how the problem started. See, but it still goes back to a wise judge will always go back to how everything began to see where the fault lies because at the end of the day, um, it's like anything we should be doing in life is looking back to um, the best understanding and you have to go digging in your past in order to get the best understanding of what you're seeing today, right? No matter what. And this is not just in scripturally, but in life period. And you always hear me talk about the etymology of words because words have power and the meaning behind the words is the essence of what it was created for. So anytime you deviate from it, it doesn't take away the original aspect of what the word means. It's also the best way to maintain um, neutrality when you're judging a situation. It's like um, trying to, to um, be a mediator between the beef of family members and you got a family member you love so much, but you're being impartial because that person you're close to and you want to show favor to the person that you're close to. But in the eyesight of God, that's incorrect because it shouldn't. Your judgment should not be based on what your love is for the person, but your judgment should be based on the fact that you want to, that, that you're there to listen and be objective in order to give the correct information. Because any, as soon as you show favoritism, you're now walking outside of your, um, your role function because you're not, you're not operating under the correct um, ro role or function. Stole from me and didn't pay me back. Then you understand the cause of that problem. He tried to humiliate me in front of people and didn't even apologize. Exactly. That's how the essence of a lot of these problems start because there's people that not only do we not know how to resolve our conflicts, there's people that don't care to resolve the conflict at all. Ooh, father. Niggas, 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 you always hear me say it. People don't like to give other people resolve in, in issues. And it's unfair to not have resolve because the matter has not been handled. It's still open. It's an open case, technically, if you want to view it from that perspective, because you should always want to end and clarify and clean up and remove any wrongdoings that you might have caused anyone else. So 
in case some misunderstanding arise. When a misunderstanding arise, the judgment that they have towards you is going to be based off that indiscretion. Completely. And they're judging you based off of that interaction. And all the rest of their judgments towards you is going to be based off of that because the resolve never took place. And then you can't be mad at the person because you didn't clean up or fix what you... The offense you caused. You didn't clean it up. So from now, it's like when they tell you first impressions are everything. They are. Because your first impression... Or a person's first impression of you is what they judge you by throughout the history of your relationship with them. So if you have constantly broken your trust, if you've constantly caused rift or disrespected, all they have to judge you by is their experience of you. And the more negative um, encounters they have with you, the greater the chances are for them to judge you in a negative light. Just saying. They don't want peace. They want what about what they did to you and want you to move on. You know what Notice he said they don't want peace. Because if you want peace, you fix the problem. The only reason why you don't have peace is because there was no resolve. There was no conclusion in fixing whatever had transpired still goes back to what you gain to have out of these relationships in your life. I always think about this. We're going to read about some of our adversaries, which is the point. You got to know who your friends are. You got to know who your enemies are. But God told us that we shall be at war with Amalek forever. Mm. So I'm thinking, too, does God have mercy in this forever? Like, those are people... Think about that. You have a nation of people connected to Israel. And I still say it again. The, the enemies of Israel look like them. So if you had conflict with a, a particular tribe of people that last, that beef is withstanding forever, you can't remove the beef because that beef is strong. And there'll never be resolution. So if you'll have conflict with another group of people that look like you, but you don't know those are the nations of people that's supposed to be having a conflict with you. Because now we judge our people collectively by skin color and not by tribe or places where they come from. And that's an improper judgment because you won't be able to judge it clearly. But if we're looking at skin color... Black people are all, were all over the earth. We should never seek their peace forever. And you think he said the most high don't say that about no nation. Not even Egypt could come into the come into the covenant. Esau, Edom could come to the covenant. Moab would come to the covenant after a certain time. We can work with some people. God is working with some people with them. No. It's always going to be one with that, those descendants of Edom, we're always going to have problems with. And the most I said, we are perpetually, perpetually at war with them. But why? 
sometimes you have to think about the savagery of what people did to you so that you can under, understand the context of what God is coming from. You heard that? You heard that, niggas? You have to understand the magnitude of what someone has done to you in order to see where God is coming Bye. from. You know when? Bye. I can't believe I'm, I'm hungry. hungry now. Um, it's late. The revolutionary that had the revolt. Oh, I guess I want to see Yeah, but I don't want to get on the bed because last time it fell and I stabbed my foot. Somebody can remember his name. Nat Turner. Can't believe I forgot Nat Turner. <laughs> Nat Turner's envision, right? His vision was code of war with Amalek. That was the portion that came into his mind. And that's what he was inspired to do because he felt that he this had was a good one God today. To go to war with Amalek. And in his mind, Amalek meaning that is the enemy. That's the enemy of God's people. So, whatever form in his mind Amalek took at the time, it was the white slave master. He got arms, got brothers together, and they started chopping up people's heads. And he scared people to death. Hmm. And what they don't tell you is after they captured him and killed him, they burnt him, boiled him, and drunk his, his fluids. Father God in heaven, nigga, goddamn. They burnt him, boiled him, and drunk the residue of the person itself. <laughs> Sounds like right. the Mayans, goddamn. Israel has enemies. People have okay, I'm coming. They refuse to practice judgment and they want to be in the congregation of the Most High God. That is your adversary. That's not your brother. Murderers, thieves, whoremongers, and harlots, those are not your people. And I'm not saying that they're not physically Israelites, whatever. But in the spirit, they have to get their head right in order to be in this. They have to get their mind right in order to be in this. They have to be in a position where they can be included. Because you can't be around the most high God's people and do God's people harm. Mm. Hurt. Cause pain. And then wash it off and I'll apologize when I get ready. I'll make good when I get ready. It don't work like that. Assumption, mm. 19. And we journeyed from Horeb and went through all that great and dreadful wilderness which he saw by the way to the hill country of the Amorites, Azure, who our God commander. And we came to Kadesh Barnea. And I said unto you, you are coming to the hill country of the Amorites, which Yahuwah our God give unto us. Behold, Behold, thy God has set the land before thee. Go up, take possession as Jehovah the God of thy fathers has spoken unto thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. And ye came there unto me, every one of you, and said, Let us send men before us, that they may search the land for us and bring us back word of the way by which we must go up, and the cities unto which we shall come. And the thing pleased me well. And I took twelve men of you, one man for every tribe. And they turned and went up into the mountains and came unto the valley of Eshcol and spied it out. And took up the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down unto us and brought us back word and said, Good is the land which Yehovah our God give unto us. Yet you will not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of Yehovah your God. 
and he murmured in your tents and said, because you over hated us, he hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to, live, to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Whither are we going up? Our brethren have made our hearts to melt, saying, the people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anak king there. Hmm. And I said unto you, dread not, neither be afraid of them. Your the sons of the Anakim were giants. Oh, your God will go before you. He shall fight you, according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness where thou hast seen how thou Jehovah thy God bore thee, as a man of gay his son, and all the way that you went until you came unto this place. Yet in this thing you did not believe Jehovah your God, who went before you in the way to seek you out a place to pitch your tents in. And fire, and fire by night to show you by what way you should go, and in the cloud by day. So, this is an instance that he had to reiterate. And remember, Caleb and Yehoshua are standing right there. So, with all of that, because they were two of the spies that went, so they could testify and bear witness to everything that Moshe is talking about. Mm -hmm. So, there are people there, as I said before, that they need to know the history of how this happened. They need to know why their parents and their grandparents passed away in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. They need to know all of this, 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 these points because they're about to go into the land. It's, it's pretty much similar to the same way today, right? How would you not, like knowing these are your ancestors and understanding there's a purpose that God had for them. And then now that you know, having this understanding is critical because you need to understand what's required of you by God. And that's the thing, y'all. We need to know what is required of us by him. And um, what he uh, expects from our, our people. Right? Because that that is, is very important for us to know. The major warning that Moshe is trying to let them understand is don't do stuff like this. Because this is what your forefathers did and your fathers did, and this is how we wind up in 40 years in the wilderness from an 11 day journey. Let's not make this a mistake anymore. Tashi, 34. And Jehovah heard the voice of your words, and was wrong, and swore, saying, Surely there shall not one of these men, even this evil generation, see the good land which I swore to give unto your father. Why? Why? Does the Most High God, or did the Most High God pronounce that generation an evil generation? Pronounce them an evil generation because with all of the things that they saw, they still didn't have faith in God. And I'm clearly understanding that even us in this day and time, when we choose not to have faith in God, it's wickedness. For anything, it's wickedness when we choose not to have faith in God because God has held us thus far. Thus far. Every day is not going to be a day of roses and sunshine. But I've held you down thus far. And you choose not to have faith? That's the problem when you lead the way of life. That's the problem when you go out and do the things that you want to do. It shows that you don't have faith. That you don't believe that you're standing here with Jesus on, hallelujah, but you have no faith. Everything on the surface of superficial is vain. Mm -hmm. I can fool you with that. Hallelujah. That's right. You know, there's people right now, right? I say something and I'm talking about an issue, 
and you're the issue that I'm talking about, and you'd be like, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah, y'all shouldn't be out there on Friday as part of it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You the one on Shouldn't be going to the battle with the BLT. Hallelujah, that's right. Keep that BLT. And you the one eating the BLT. That's us. Because human beings can fool you. I can do that. I can come before you and act holy and endow and pretend. But God sees it. When, he heard, when, God, when it says that God heard the murmuring, you don't have to murmur out loud. You don't got to be like, yeah, the Most High did this, and he's going to kill our children. God knew what they were saying in their houses, in their tents, and even in their heart. God knows it. God sees it. And that's the, that's the killer. The killer is in your heart. You don't have faith in your heart. You're going to see the powerful army of the Egyptians drown in the Red Sea and still not have faith. You're going to see us, the Most High God rescue you out plagues, frogs, blood, gnats, marine, all types of stuff. Children of the Egyptian, the first one children of the Egyptian died and you still don't have faith. It's like you don't even believe your own eyes. But scared people are like that. And that's why Moses is, Moses is trying to make a difference because this generation, they don't know nothing about slavery. Mm -mm. I mean, some of them were, were there whatever, when they were young, but most of them, they don't know nothing about slavery. They know about structure. They already, in war, we were already selling back this time. So all they know is, listen, if we don't do what Moshe is saying, when the Moshe, um, the Moshe tell Moshe to do something, and he commands us, we got to listen. And let me tell you something. <laughs> This is part of the reason why, like, black people in general, we struggle. This is the reason why there's so many people right now that are mad at Nick Cannon. It's because the slave mentality, that slave mentality is a monster. It's a monster. It is the mentality that keeps people from going forward to make the things that they need to make for themselves actually happen. Yeah. It takes you to a point where I go this far and I freeze. The slave mentality is like you being in the fight and your man that's telling you to go and fight stands there and watch you get beat up. That's the slave mentality. You have no heart to move forward. Mm. Even when God, the creator of the earth, since I have your back, you will not move. I understand what he's saying though, like. What he's saying is, God established you to do a thing and you didn't do it. And then after the calamity came, now you want to to do what he told you to do. Which really shows that you never trusted him to begin with. And lacking trust in him Man. My God. My God. My God. Yeah. Yeah, that's heavy. Because you're scared. And we say stuff like, 
They're going to kill our children. No, your children is all right. That's what the most high God says. They're going to be all right. You was scared. You ain't scared for them. You scared for yourself. Because we always use our kids. I know people do that. They use their kids as excuses. Like, you know, but my children. You mean my children. Right? <laughs> God's children. That's us. So when you look at these things and, you know, every time is not a time to apologize. Mm. Maybe you can say, listen, if I said something wrong, correct me. But I'm not going to apologize for standing firm on what I say. Mm. If I said something that I may not need to be schooled on, didn't school me on. But I'm not just going to bow and kowtow and that's why people got an issue with Farrakhan. How can you have, I love Minister Farrakhan. I love Minister Farrakhan. He is my teacher. If you notice, my style is patterned after him. You want to try to tell people about anti-Semitism in a country, in a society, where they've been victimized. Take away the victimization and maybe you have an argument. But we live under a white supremacy system. How can you look at us in any way when we retaliate against the white supremacy that we feel? The oppression that we feel. That's natural. Maybe we don't agree with the white man being the devil and Yahoo and all that stuff like that. I don't agree with that. But you have to understand why Elijah Muhammad has those feelings if we saw his 19-year-old cousin get shot in the face. Mm. Maybe that's the reason that void, that, that breeds that hatred. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that happen in this country when people have the animosity against you. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't believe that in us being a society that we can be we can be prejudiced against things. But you have to think about where people come from. I'm from the deep south where I have to see a white person and tip my hat. You know the stupid rules they made up in Jim Crow? I gotta tip my hat when I see a white person before. I gotta give it the sidewalk. I can't hold my white man in public. Can't kiss her in public. I gotta go to the bathroom in the, and you know what? All people pay taxes. All people pay taxes. Now think about that. All of the laws that they had where you couldn't show PDA public displays of affection. You had to be considered or seen to be aloof or disconnected. Um, without showing emotion in public. These are the things. This is the shit. <laughs> I'm talking about, goddammit. You wonder why we have such ineffective and unloving caringness towards one another? That shit was bred in our ass. Now, goddamn. Think about that shit. And every time we behave in our relationships in this way, all we're doing is displaying what our captors taught us. Not to show emotion, not to tell people we love them, not to hold your booze hand in the middle of motherfucking goddamn public situation, what not, this and goddamn. These are these are laws that were set up, and we still we still mentally following this shit. It's so ingrained in us that our families are dysfunctional because of all the 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 toxic shit we had to deal with during Annabelle's time. 
the laws tailored around us not displaying emotions publicly. And you wonder why we don't now? Oh, shit. Come on here now today. Think about that. Think about it deeply. When we celebrate it, I don't say I love you. I don't, I don't, you know, tell people I care for them. We are not the loving type. We don't want to touch each other. We disconnected. This is some fucking unhealthy shit. I don't, I don't call people all the time, you know. That's just not what I do. We have dysfunctional fucking behavioral patterns. And we don't see that shit as maladaptive. And I mean, isolating yourself. Do you understand, people? The longer you isolate yourself and you stay alone, the more crazier it makes your ass. Imagine that we're so comfortable with saying, I don't like people. That's dysfunctional. We claim and proclaim uh, ineffective, stereotypical-ass behavioral patterns. We proclaim this shit like a badge of honor. Dysfunctional-ass behavioral patterns. Negative and and destructive shit. We wear it like a badge of honor. Uh, I'm that. This, that's me. I, 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 I'm the pop-off key. You know, everybody already know. They know me. Uh, I'm the one one. Niggas. I'm done with it. I'm done. But I give my taxes to the government so that the government can give the taxes back to a racist state that gives my education system second rate, that gives my luncheon second rate, that gives everything to me second rate. So, and I've heard this. It's funny how we just, we okay with it, goddammit. Second rate citizen. We not even second rate because Asians above us, Mexicans above us, Arabs above us, um, all the rest of the folks is above us. We way below second class citizens, goddamn. <sighs> all right. understand the history that has been hidden in this culture, some of them they were shot, they were brutalized, beat to death they bought land and they got run off their land mm-hmm. so they have this people with traditions of animosity because there were problems in this country that they refused to fix yeah. and this government is complicit because the American government see and saw the problems and refused to fix the problem Come on now, come on now. So anything that you see with a riot and stuff going on, it's because this thing is going on and we refuse to fix the problem. We're not poor because we're lazy. We're poor because you stole from us. You robbed us. You raped us. You pillaged us. Even when we owned our own key. We didn't want nothing from you. We wanted our own. Father God in heaven now. Mind you now. Mind you now. We had our own. We built our own. We didn't even want yours. But still, it wasn't enough. You still had to take that away piece by piece. Till now, we have no black businesses really in our own neighborhoods. There's no reflection of good growth in our neighborhoods. So what are you saying? 
I'm watching, you know, The Last Dance again. I'm, I watch it all, like, every day now. And Michael was like, Michael Jordan saying, you know, you know, I'm from Wilmington, North Carolina. I said, wow, they was in Wilmington. And that history of Wilmington is very deep. And he said, you know, being black, such and such, and having to deal with all that stuff, you know, Interesting for a man that don't even like his own people. That's the funny thing about that. Now I'm done. You see the way he acts because he wanted to find an escape from a lot of the stuff he dealt with. Younger, being on baseball teams and being the only black person on the team and being in a place where the, the South is racist. And you're in the racist part of the South. And I say that because that tradition of hate that they have those cops from Wilmington that got fired said, I can't wait till the race war comes so I can start shooting black people down. Father God in heaven, nah. what was he to? What was he do? What did he say? The police said he couldn't wait till the race war happened so he could start shooting down black people. See? See? I told you niggas that the white people knew your ass was going to have a race war. That they've been prepared for and getting prepared for and amped up for that y'all niggas don't know. I'm going to play that shit back for you so you can fucking hear it one more time. Actually, because he wanted to find an escape from a lot of the stuff he dealt with. Younger, being on baseball teams and being the only black person on the team and being in a place where... The South is racist, and you're in the racist part of the South. And I say that because that tradition of hatred that they have, those cops from Wilmington that got fired, said, I can't wait till the race war comes so I can start shooting the black people down. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. see, see, father, you didn't fool the nigga again. One more time, one more. I have, uh, yes, you have. But I know these niggas think I be tripping. I know these niggas think I be making up shit. I know, Father, I know. But above all things, you always prove me. You always set me on solid, fertile ground. Huh. Hallelujah. And all praises to the one king of Israel. You feel? All right, man. And in the law enforcement. So you mean that this is something that you're practicing already? <laughs> it ain't like these feelings that they have are not new. The daughters of the Confederacy, we talk about the statues that are up and people are trying to tear the statues down. And no, that is not the full context of what needs to happen for us to get liberation and equality. Come on here, brother, now. The fact that you're acknowledging because how those statues came up was in a wicked and racist manner in general. Those statues are actually there to put shame and control over black people. They had nothing to do because they had no history. They lost the war. When you lose, you lose. That's what it is. You lost. But now you started having this tradition of showing that we are still dominant. We still mm-hmm. have control even though we don't have the government. We have control over mm-hmm. you, black man. Mm-hmm. We have control over you, mm-hmm. over your life, over mm-hmm. your economy, mm-hmm. over everything. So when you see those statues and those statues of black people inside the country, that's history. How is that history? The Confederate flag should be 
birth to a Christ, mm -hmm. it should never be it should never be acknowledged of any public anything. Mm. If you want to have it in your house, that's fine, that's true. But it should be burnt. Those statues should be burnt. Because they do represent the atrocity of what our people went through in the South. It actually means that. It means it's not subtle. It's not no subtle. It's showing them and they and they need that. They could they lost something, but they needed to have that power and they were always afraid of black voting power, black control, black dominance, black retaliation. They and they always said it. We act like we don't know. We act like we sticking our head in the sand and don't know what's going on. The reality of the matter is people are afraid. And they do violent things to you if they are afraid of you. And our government leaders and chose not to protect us. That's a choice. Chose not to recompense us for the things that they know that society took away from us. They chose that. And now you're waking up, oh, there's a, there's a financial disparity amongst black men in America. What do you do? We didn't ask for welfare. You tell white families you can get the welfare as a family. But you know, sister, if you want this welfare, you have to not have a husband and make a certain amount of money. No, there is a difference between the white families and the black women when it came to public assistance. That only black women were the ones that could not have fathers in the home in order for them to get it. But the white women didn't need to have that situation going on. What not now? Father God in heaven, come on here now today. You don't understand, goddamn. You don't. You don't understand. The system is rigged. It's always been rigged against y'all is. But y'all folks that don't believe in collective work, y'all don't want to work together to get shit done. But you already know. You don't understand. They already got this shit going on for you. They finna set y'all ass up and protect every other motherfucking race around the town. Every law gonna be set up to protect their ass and it won't be one that's set up to protect you. But y'all niggas keep playing. Keep playing. Goddamn. Keep playing. Keep playing. Goddamn. You gonna understand what I'm saying. God is going to deal with each and every one that's outside of this covering. And on the outside of it is going to have you fucked up. Keep playing. Just keep on playing. And, and, and see where JC get your ass when this, when this race situation hit the fan. Because that shit's coming. It's coming sooner than you know. They preparing the police for this shit. <laughs> and it's Israel that's doing it. You know them Ashkenazi Jews. You know them fake ones. You know them one ones. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'll make sure I put that in the description box. Lawyers, doctors, engineers. Go to the panel office to see how much black inventions are in this country. We did it all. But we weren't acknowledged for anything that we did. So what we don't want to do is make sure that we we have a full understanding of our history and not to repeat the mistakes of our past. Mm -hmm. If we don't get the curriculum that we need in these public schools, then we need to go outside of our curriculum. I'm glad the brother's here because he's not doing a history class as well as a Hebrew class. Log into the history class. Because what's going to happen now is that 
there are things in this history, I think I'm gonna have to start a history class because there's so many atrocities that happen in this culture, you get a different viewpoint of what you're dealing with if you really know the history of this country. You really understand what's going on. That it ain't as great as people make it out the scene. That a lot of societies are actually doing the atrocities that they committed towards black people. So when you go to school and you have this curriculum, they even said that the curriculum that they have in the South, which is probably what they have all over, but the curriculum that they have in the South, the Daughters of the Confederacy, that wasn't their greatest problem was the statute, was that they controlled the language and the narrative. Come on now. This country was built how slavery was, it made it seem like it was a benevolent institution. Oh, slaves were able to have fun on Sundays and Christmas and stuff like that, whatever. They ain't telling you that NASA was vaping with girls. And they don't talk about that stuff. They little boys. They don't talk about how people were being pillaged and boys drinking. They don't talk about all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You need to, your kids need to know the horrific atmosphere that they're in. Because if you grow up and understand that savagery, and you like, listen, uh, even Richard Price said it's hard for me to call another. He got up on, uh, at one time said, I can't call another brother nigga no more. Because I know the context of what it is. So if people understand what they're dealing with in context, I'll be hard pressed to shoot you in the face over you stepping on my shoe or the beat that I have with you Come all the time. Come on now. Because I know the full context of my existence in this country. I know what my forefathers actually I know what was being done to me. I know that that savagery that's being practiced that I may be doing is something that's a learned behavior from the society that I live in and I need to stop it. Come on here. Teach kids the truth. Teach children the truth. We lie too much, man. We lie too much. That school system, listen, I'm thinking about everything that I learned. Remember I told you about the student I had um, that said, it was a white student, and she said her mother didn't want her to learn certain things in history because she felt that she didn't need to know it, but she was trying to research everything she could find because she wanted to know a truth, but her mother wanted to keep it concealed. Come on here now, y'all. You don't get it, but you will. You will. Because... You will have the idea that everybody's innocent. Or that our circumstance is just uh, a circumstance. It wasn't a determined, engineered uh, pattern of behavior that they decided to take to, 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 to put in place to make sure that we're under control. They're just acknowledging the fact that Planned Parenthood was a part of you 
eugenic society and that the person that found it was a monster. Come on, man. Just acknowledging it. Faith. Faith is a strong foundation in our way of life. If Abraham didn't have faith, then we would not be here today. Come on. Abraham had to believe, and God said, I counted that for him as righteousness. Why? Because there's nothing to make it. He's not getting get any advance. You know, when you sign a record contract, they give you an advance, right? Mm-hmm. That's really chump change. But they give you an advance. We give you $150, help you work on your album, all this stuff like that. But Abraham didn't have no, he just believed. Like, okay, God, I believe you. That's what God wants from us. Faith. The children of Israel at this time, they were given everything in advance. And they still betrayed the most high. Yeah. We need to bump up our faith. Yeah. They wouldn't do half of the things that they do to us today if we have faith in the most high God and if we stuck together. Let's see what we can do in our future. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 36. Saying, Kyle, the son of Yifune, he shall see it. And to him will I give the land that he hath trodden upon, and to his children. Because he wholly followed Yehovah. Also, Yehovah was angry with me for your sake, saying, Thou also shalt not go in thither. Joshua, the son of Nun, who said it before thee, he shall go in thither. You see, Moshe, you know that jab out. It's because of y'all. But he's being transparent. Some shit. And covers down him, for he shall cause. He said, I held to inherit Moreover, your little ones that he said should be afraid. And your children that this day have no knowledge of good or evil. They shall go in thither, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. And I want to make this point right here. And maybe this point is personal, maybe it's not. Maybe you're going to take it as a shot. Maybe you won't. But listen, Moshe told the people to encourage Yehoshua. Right. And I want to tell y'all something. The worst thing is to have people around you trying to do good and people are tearing that person down. Mm. Don't do that. Don't do that. This is not a game. The most high don't bless people with talents and skills that they utilize in his name for you to say, well, I want my person to be up there or I want this person to be up there. That's not the way this works. Your favoritism is exactly what it is. Your favoritism. That's not who God chose. And God will show you who he chose. Mm-hmm. That doesn't do with who. It has more to do with what. What are they doing? What is their skill set? What is their potential? Because it's a, when it's about you, when you feel that it's all about individualism and trying to shine and trying to be great let me tell you something i know for a fact that as a people we suffer because we were undervalued for so long we feel so of such a need to value ourselves and we do some of the most horrid things to value ourselves that's why i have a problem with facebook and social media in general not that it's a wrong thing to be on it but you see that people just want to have get attention Mm-hmm. It's not really about the purpose of the, that level of interaction. You just want attention. So you go on social media, every day is a face, a face, a, a, a selfie. People up there showing their butt. 
people doing all types of stuff just to get attention. A lot of this stuff is happening with people killing each other because they be on Facebook fighting. Yo, yo, I told you since uh, pull up, pull up. Da, 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 da. That's where it's coming from. All of a sudden, as soon as they come outside, bang, bang, bang. Because everybody wants to get attention. They're not satisfied with the person that God has made. Learn to be satisfied with the foundation that the most high God made for you. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. Listen, there's people that want to be loved. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to be valued. I get that. But if you sacrifice your own people to do that, the worst. You are the worst. So let God do his job. But you about to said this morning. That Samuel saw people like David's brothers and they were strong, they were an army already. Strong stuff in men like that. That's the God. That's it. That God is the one. Good to do David wasn't even there. Right. They had to go fetch him. Because like, they didn't even consider him because he wasn't one of them. Because them guys, you know, they said they already said David was a handsome looking guy. We sure them guys was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Hey, working out two nights. Hey, what's up? You know they was all. You know what I'm saying? They look like. You know what I'm saying? They look like because you know brothers. Judah is like that. They like that that royal look. Like yeah, you know yeah, coming to anoint somebody. Yeah. Then David come out. Like he said, David was. They can smell like sheep. That's what he did. That was his life. That's all he did. Come out, yeah, what was going on? Probably scratching. Because he's dusty dirty. So what's going on? And they know everybody was probably perplexed, like, even Shimmerwell, that's the one, that's the one. But that's the one, that's, the, you know, that's the one. The book tells us that the stone that's projected, God is going to make the chief cornerstone. And if you know anything about the cornerstone, the cornerstone is laid first. That's the foundation for the building. Without that, you don't have anything. Tell me, that's verse 40. But as for you, turn you and take your journey into the wilderness by the way to the Red Sea. And he answered and said unto me, We have sinned against your hope. We will go up and fight according to all that Yahweh our God commanded us. And he girded on every man's weapons of war, and they did a like thing to go up into the hill country. And Yahweh said unto me, Say unto them, Go not up, neither fight, for I am not among you, that ye be slain before your enemies. There is a such thing with the Most High God. It is mercy and goes forever. Let me, don't let me get you get it wrong. He's merciful to the thousands of them that love him and keep his commandments. But he will visit the iniquities of the third and fourth generation and then they hate him. There's a such thing as too late for God. Oh yeah. I want y'all to understand that. There's a such thing as too late. There's a such thing as, oh, you can't fix that. There's a such thing as there's no way that you can make that good. Sometimes when people are wrong and they're wrong with the people, they get ashamed. Oh man, I, 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 yeah, you know, I'm sorry, I see the error of my ways, whatever. 
When I was telling you and giving you the opportunity to make good, you chose not to. When you decided to do it on your own, now you reject it. Don't go up and fight. Because God is trying to explain, I am not with you. Right. And I want you to <laughs> and I want you to understand that the, the perplexity of the Israelite mind at this time. You rejected God, accusing the most high of being or being a murderer, saying that he's gonna kill our kids. Mm. But now. then, after you see the error of your ways, you want to fight in his behalf. Mm. What's wrong with you? Mm. And God is saying, well, I, I, this me is the same God that you said that. But I mean the same God that you said that can't do what he did, or the same God that you spat in my face. So we're talking about, you know. The people are too big and we can't overtake them and our kids are going to die and all this Think stuff. about when we don't do what he's instructed. And what that really represents in the eyesight of God. And thinking about the fact that sometimes you might not be able to even come back from that. For example, the, the sons of Aaron went into the temple he gave specific instructions of what they were supposed to do to go into the temple light it whatever what it was that he told them to light it with but they didn't do what he said they did it differently than what he told them to do and they died we gonna keep playing with god and doing what we want to do in our own might and in our own eyesight. Keep playing. Keep being disobedient towards the things he's instructed for us to do. Keep doing it and see what happens. Keep doing it and see what happens. See what transpired. And if, if you're already going through things, you don't even want to know what can continue to happen or what might happen next. Father God in heaven, help us. Help your ignorant ass people. Because we be doing some stupid stuff. Come on now. Like that, and I brought you out to become, to, to get killed. And once you, why were we not sent back to Egypt and all types of other stuff like that? And you want to fight on my behalf? I want you to think about it in the context of not only the things we do with God, but the things we do to one another. Come on now. You can't treat people wrong and just think it's going to be okay tomorrow. That's right. Even, and we don't work that way. And listen, Israel, we ask People say, I'm stubborn, and I know people that are 10 times more stubborn than me. So you know, we like that. But you're just not going to walk over people and think it's going to be okay. Watch how you deal with people. Watch how you deal with daddy. Watch how you deal with things, because God is watching it all. It's my, it's my right to protect my feelings, protect my reputation, and protect my dignity. I remember Tupac saying that. He was like, you know, he said the reason why he started wilding out on the East Coast was because he said he started hearing all types of stuff about how he got raped in jail and all types of other stuff. Like, so he just felt like, you know, he bugged him out. I'm going to just attack everybody. I'm not saying do that, but you got to understand how people feel. 
Exactly. You don't got the right to do that to nobody. Right. And then what I find funny is when it happens to you, how you react. Come on. Pause. Pause, nigga. Who? Who say that? Who? 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 Father? Huh? What was it? Niggas. 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 Who said it? Who said Father? Huh? Niggas. You? Who? Oh, all right, niggas. Keep playing. Keep playing. Resolve, niggas. Resolve. Resolve the conflicts. Apologize and deal with your shit. I'll let y'all think on that for a second. Come on now. Because it seems that we can dish it out all day. We can't take it. Mm-mm. Crying, talking about respect and all type of stuff like that. Ain't nothing worse than a nigga always want to talk about somebody respecting they ass when they don't respect nobody else. Ain't nothing worse than a nigga coming around talking about people be treating me a particular way, but your ass be out here doing all kind of shit, saying all kind of shit, fucking over niggas and doing a whole bunch of other shit. But when somebody does something to you, oh, bloody murder. Oh, my God, Father, do you see what these people are doing to me? Get them, niggas, get them. How dare you? How dare you actually think you have a right to ha- or command someone to treat you with respect when you don't do the same thing? To demand somebody apologize to you when your own ass don't apologize to nobody else? What the fuck is up with that shit? Alright. I didn't make your bed, man. I'm not responsible for your bed. I didn't make your bed. You made a bed for yourself. I gotta deal with mine. You gotta deal with yours. We all deal with ours right now. I'm pretty sure we're all dealing with it. But I'm not responsible for your bed. You make your bed, you lying. Tough shit. 43. So I spoke unto you, and ye hearkened not. But ye rebelled against the commandment of Yahweh, and were presumptuous, and went up into the hill country. And the Amorites that dwelt in the hill country came out against you, and chased you as bees do, and beat you down in sin, even unto Hormah. So I always mm. have this discussion about impulsive behavior because. Impulsive behavior, it costs you more, right? What was it? Impulsive, impulsiveness. You know when you do shit without thinking. You know when you react and do a whole bunch of fucked up, flat, foul ass shit to other people, and you didn't think about what you were doing, what you meant to do, what you did. Then what happened, father? Huh? What was it, niggas? Niggas. Impulsive behavior when you do shit. And not think that shit's coming back for you. You know, you do shit. And don't expect you have to reap every fucking thing you sold. Maybe if you apologize and correct some shit, maybe things will turn around in your life. Maybe if you become a, a more upstanding person and do right by the people you've offended, goddamn, maybe God will turn some shit around in your life. Just saying, niggas, just saying. You make a decision of impulse without thought, right? You're going with your heart and not your head. You make a decision that doesn't only hurt yourself, but it hurts others around you. So, think. You messed up, but you don't have to add insult to And don't forget, there are some impulsive people that do shit without thinking, but then there are people who deliberately do shit. They deliberately cause offense. They deliberately seek to tear you down, to destroy you, to publicly and and um, socially humiliate you. They think to do these things to other people, and they okay with that shit. But but remember, niggas, whatever you dish out is coming back to you, and it ain't gonna come back to you the way you you gave it. 
it's coming back way harder than you gave. You're going to receive three times as much as what the fuck you gave out. So that's why you got to be very careful with how you treat people. And you return and what before your whole, but your whole heart did not see your voice, nor gave me unto you. So you abode in Kadesh many days, according to the days that you abode there. Chapter, chapter 2, hallelujah. Then we turned and took our journey into this wilderness by the way to the Red Sea, as Jehovah spoke unto me. And we compassed Mount Seir many days. And Jehovah spoke unto me, saying, You have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward, and command down the people, saying, you are to pass through the border of your brother and the children of Esau that dwell in Seir, and they, and they will be afraid of you. Take ye good eat unto yourselves and poor. Contend not with them, for I will not give you of their land, no, not so much as for the soul of the foot of the tread on, because I have given Mount Seir unto Esau for possession. You shall purchase food of them for money that you may eat. You shall also buy water for them of them for money that you may drink. For your whole thy God have blessed thee in all the work of thy hand. Come on. He hath known thy walking through this great wilderness. These forty years old thy God has been with thee. That is like nothing. So we passed by from our brethren in the land, the children of Esau, that dwell in Seir, from the way of the Arabah, from Eli, and from Ezion, Geber. So establish, clearly understanding that we had people that we passed through that the Most High said, don't touch, touch them. them. They have their portion. And I'm not giving you any of their portion. You go in the court that I sent you on. That's right. As far as Esau is concerned, we had meaning. Do exactly what I told you to do. Anytime you do outside of what I told you to do, I it's not what I told you to do. That's gonna be a repercussions. Now, niggas, it's gonna be a repercussion. And you can't even do it in the time you feel like you feel like it needs to be done. You do it immediately. Come on here now, goddamn. They have this con this this confrontation with Esau, but Esau, from what I understand, didn't let us pass. That's right. But we didn't go to war with them because of that. Touch. And we turned and passed by the way of the wilderness of Moab. And Jehovah said unto me, Be not at enmity with Moab, neither contend with them in battle. But I will not give you his land for possession, because I have given all to the children of Lot for possession. The Elamim dwelt therein aforetime, but people great and many and tall as the Anakim. These also are accounted Rephaim as the Anakim, but the Moabites call them Amin. And in Seir dwelt the Horites aforetime, but the children of Esau succeeded them. And it destroyed them before them from, and dwelt in their stead, as Israel did unto the land of possession, which Jehovah gave unto them. Now rise up and get you over the brook Zered. And we went over the brook Zered. And the days in which we came from Kadesh Barnea until we would come over the brook Zered were dirty and eight years, until all the generation. Even the men of war were consumed from the midst of the camp, as Jehovah swore unto them. Moreover, the hand of Jehovah was against them, to discomfit them from the midst of the camp until they were consumed. So it came to pass when all the men of war were consumed and dead from among the people, that Jehovah spoke unto me, saying, God, this day to pass over the border of Moab, even all. And when thou come nigh, come nigh over against the children of Ammon, harass them not, nor contend with them. But I will not give you the land of the children of Ammon for possession. Because I have given it unto the children of Lot for possession. Mm -hmm. That also is a kind of land of Rephaim. Rephaim dwelt there in a poor time. Them, the them, them, them giants was everywhere, weren't they? people great and many and tall as the Anakim. But Jehovah destroyed them before them. And they succeeded them and dwelt in their stead. As he did for the children of Esau that dwelt in Seir, when he destroyed the Horites from before them. And they succeeded them and dwelt in their stead even unto this day. And the Avi that dwelt in the villages as far as Gaza, the Kaptorim that came forth out of Kaptor, destroyed them and dwelt in their stead. 
Rise ye up, take your journey and pass over the valley of Arnon. Behold, I give it to thy hand, give it into thy hand, see on the end right, King of Peshmer and his land. Begin to possess it and contend with him in battle. This day will I begin to put the dread of thee and the fear of thee upon the peoples that are under the whole head. Mm, come on, For when they hear the report of thee shall tremble and be in anguish because of thee. And I. He said the dread and the fear of them. Come on here now. And I sent messages out of the wilderness of Hebron unto Sihon, king of Heshbon, with words of peace, saying, Let me pass through thy land. I will go along by the highway. I will neither turn unto the right hand nor to the left. Thou shalt sell me food for money that I may eat, and give me water for money that I may drink. <laughs> Only let me pass through on my way, <coughs> as the children of Esau did. They don't know.
were rapists. A lot of the Canaanite nations, they priests were rapists. Right? That's part of what their practice was. Right? So we 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 see it all like, oh, this is savage, whatever the case may be, but if you look at the context of the behavior, that's why God said, nah, it's not time for y'all to go and take the land over because this sin is not built yet. Gotta wait. Because they're gonna do enough that the land, and I don't know what it is with the land. But whatever it is with that land is not tolerant of evil. Because when we did the same thing, we got popped up out of there too. The people out of there now, if they don't straighten up, the same thing is going to happen. Trust me. God word, that's the fact. Touch it. Verse 8. And we took the land at that time out of the hand of the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond the Jordan, from the valley of Arnon to Mount Hermon, which Hermon the Sidonians called Sinion, and the Amorites called it Sinir. All the cities of the plain and all Gilad and all Bashan, unto Salkot and Edrei, cities of the kingdom of Old and Bashan. For only Old King of Bashan remained of the remnant of the Rephaim. Mm. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. Is it not in Rabbah the tree of Amon? Nine cubits was a Mechdorah, and four cubits the breath of it, after the cubit of a man. And this man who took in possession at that time of our if you know about all the giants that was in America, man, there's so many of them here. And the rest of Man, this asthma kicking my behind today. Sorry, y'all. And unto the Reubenites and, and unto the Gadites, I gave from Gilad even to the valley of Arnon, the middle of the, the middle of the valley for a border, even unto the river Yahoo, which is the border of the children of Amor, the Arabah also the Jordan being the border thereof, from Kinneret even unto the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea under the slopes of Pisgah eastward. And I command you at that time, saying, The salt sea. Behold, your God hath given you this land to possess it. You shall pass over all before your brethren, the children of Israel, all the men of valor. You should pass over with flowers and doves. Mm -hmm. You should pass over with a peace treaty. You should pass over with some candy. You shall pass over all. So, I'm going to say this publicly. I believe in arms. I believe in guns. I believe in the black man's right to defend yourself. I believe what the Panthers believe in. And I'm not talking in no savage way and walk around strapped or stuff like that. I believe that in a society that the, the government and the police fail to protect you, even try to harm you, mm -hmm. that we should be in a position to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. If there's a bunch, I mean, I, I was, it was, um, I forgot, it was Wisconsin or one of these places. Michigan, and they just came out and stormed the, the Capitol with a bunch of guns. It was in Michigan. Men with guns, women with guns, the baby with guns, everybody had guns. And the cops faced with guns. I wouldn't dare to do something like that. I don't think it's appropriate, right? But they are exercising their right to their, their amendment to, to bear arms. They sure don't like niggas are bearing so them. So I clearly understand 
how you feel. You know, your emotions are hurt. You, you don't want to wear masks, and that's why you got to put the gun out. I got it. We <coughs> got shot. We got hunted and shot. Was hunted and killed. <coughs> so when you see Grandmaster Jay with a thousand soldiers strong marching, I get it because we're tired of being hunted. It's not us trying to practice that aggression like the most high says to us here. Don't mess with that. Don't mess with this group. This group is to mess with. But whatever it is, God is telling us who we should fight or who we shouldn't fight. If you are not a racist, you do not have a problem. But if you feel comfortable with shooting down the road that was minding his business, then you should have a problem. Somebody said that was something that should have been done. Right? There should have been some level of retaliation because of that. I'm not saying this to, to sound savage, but this is when the, the justice system fails. When he can kill somebody that's innocent, no weapon in his hand, half his age, and have a friends and family in court and can get away with it and could even walk around signing skittles to make mock of that young man's life. Mm. I, I pray to God that he, he, he dies a savage death. Because he deserves it. You take an innocent life and then you make fun of it. But do you understand the trauma that black people feel, that all oppressed people feel when we see stuff like that? We're not racist. You know, Fred Hampton, he used to say black power for black people, white power for white people, yellow power for yellow people. Everybody needs power, and nobody needs to be oppressed. That's what we say. But you can't live in a society where people live in fear, or people feel comfortable with taking your life. So, my, my stance is not for everybody to get guns because everybody's not responsible with guns. Yeah, that's why Megan got shot in the foot. Obviously, everybody's <coughs> responsible with guns. <coughs> but those that can, who are willing, because there's people right now that just saying they don't know what's going to happen. You got this young man, I don't know why he's still alive. He's a walking out of church where people are praying and killing everybody in the room. And you talk about why we're worried. We have the right to be worried because nobody's protecting us. So when we do it ourselves, don't judge us. Mm. Don't question how we don't talk about the federal, we don't have that. The federal government doesn't protect our rights the way it needs to. It never did. Mm -mm. So when we go and decide to take this stance, we need to because you have shown yourself incapable to, to protect the rights and the property of black people in this country. And I'm watching all types of stuff. It's people that kind of thing that's like new is just being taken now. They bring all of the cops on us. Because they know the cops work for a system of white supremacy. So yeah. they come, lock you up, just 
Like Malcolm said, it's a foolish people that don't know how to defend themselves. Come on now. But not willing to defend themselves. I'm not trying to practice aggression on anybody. I don't believe that's right. But if you put your hands on me, send me to the cemetery. Because you have no right to do that. Touch me. But your wives and your little ones and your cattle. I know that you have much cattle. Shall abide in your cities which I have given you. And so your whole give rest unto your brethren as unto you. And they also possess the land which your whole your God giveth them beyond the Jordan. Then shall you return every man unto his possession which I have given you. And I have commanded Joshua at that time, saying, Thy eyes have seen all that your whole your God hath done unto these two kings. So shall you hold unto all the kingdoms whither thou goest over. He shall not fear them. y'all i'm done for tonight i'm sorry i'm so sorry again but i felt like some of the things that were said here needed to be said because sometimes i say these things and i don't think a lot of people really comprehend what i'm saying but it's beautiful when you find other people iterating on the very things that you teach and it's reflective of what god is giving you to say to his people and understanding that the importance of us, you know, walking in these principles and precepts so that we are in line with him. Because the real reason is that we're out of line. Remember the tree of life of functionality and dysfunctionality. The things we do in our lives brings function. It's funny the babies at the table last night understood. They understand some things that, that y'all don't get. But all praises to the Most High God, because the child read the word where it said, I am God alone. Matter of fact, let me read this scripture real quick, and then I'm going to get off. I'm going to tell you what I read to the boy, the baby. And when he saw it, the first thing he said was, I'm done learning now. This this is, this is something I got to sit and ponder on. Because he was asking me questions about Jesus and saying, how could a man rise himself up when my brother couldn't do it himself? Come on, y'all now. Come on, y'all now. You understand me? Listen up, man. Listen. Listen up real good. You are my witness, sis, says Yahuwah, and my servant whom I have chosen. Colin, pay attention, huddle up, that you may know me and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there is no God formed. Neither shall there be after me. I, even I am Yahuwah, and besides me, there is no Savior, Father God in heaven. Uh, once again, he said, uh, before me there is no God formed, neither shall there be after me. 
I, even I am Yahuwah, and beside me there is no, what? Savior. Outside of the Creator, there is no what? Savior, niggas. Did he say it was a trinity? No. I'm by myself formed. There was nothing formed before me, nor will there be after me. Baby read that last night and said, oh my God. I need to ponder on this. You mean to tell me people lied to me? Niggas. Yeah, even the child understood that there was something powerful in what he read. Now imagine how many people will read that and then have all kinds of rhetorical as answers for the the thing in which they read. And with multiple interpretations. Fuck this shit. It's right there. Plain black and white. Simple. Not hard to comprehend. And you can find that in Isaiah chapter 43, 10 through 11. Once again, he said, Before me there was no God form. Neither shall there be after me. Meaning there's no God that's going to share or situate itself right where I am. Nobody else but me by myself. And they ain't sharing it with nobody else because it's just me, niggas. I am Yahuwah. Life everlasting. Life that brings forth life. The king of the universe. The creator of all things. And beside me there is no savior. Nobody else will save your ass. It's only me. If you're looking for a man to crack the sky, niggas, it's not going to happen. Come on here now today, goddamn. Because the only place that shit is found is in Revelations. What was it? What was it? What was it, Father? I take that back. No, no. Not no man cracking the sky. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. But the father said he would do it. Father God in heaven. Mm-hmm. Father, we will learn. We will learn to stop playing with you. We will learn, Father God, to listen to your word and do that which you told us to do. We will stop eating pork. We will not eat crab or shrimp. We will follow your more deems, appointed times, like you instructed for us to do. We will keep all your 613 commandments yes niggas once again because the 10 only serves to condense what the 613 are and there are so many um, negative and so many positive uh, commandments Father God in heaven teach your people something today because it is time for us to quit playing around with other gods and return ourselves right back to you. It's time for us to learn how to be obedient to your will fully, completely, wholeheartedly, in no other way. That we learn to be obedient children. That we continue to walk in the precepts. That we will teach our children these things. That we will speak it to and fro going all over the place in the night when we get ready to go to bed. In the morning when we arise, Father God, that your words be a fruit upon our lips forevermore. That you guide our feet, that it stays upon the lidded path, that we don't deviate to the left nor to the right. But we keep our eyes focused and centered upon you. That we never take our eyes off of you because soon as we do, nigga, goddammit, we don't know what we're going to do.
that we learn to be respectful of our brothers and sisters and treat them with the kind courtesy they deserve. That we learn, Father God, to apologize for the wrongs we cause other people and give people resolve. That we learn, Father God, to be an upstanding citizen in the in the midst of this captivity that so that other people can see us operating in the way that we were called to. That we learn, Father. That you don't give a damn about rituals because the only thing you care about is that we are faithful. And that we trust in you with our whole hearts and that we serve no other God but you. Father God in heaven, join your families together. That they no longer be separated. That the husband comes and join himself to the wife and the wife comes and join herself to her husband. And that the kids fall in line with the instruction of the two of them. Let the mothers teach their children your ways and that they never depart from them. That if ever stand upon them, that they keep their feet solidified within the chief cornerstone, which is you. Father God, let women stop tearing down their homes. Let them allow their husbands to rule over them in righteousness. Brothers. Rule over your home in righteousness. Walk in the path that it was called for you to do. Don't deviate from it. Stand strong in it. Let it overflow everywhere you go. Father God in heaven, that we bow ourselves humbly before your throne and we tell you that we are not shit. We don't, we ain't shit. We ain't shit, period, point blank. Father, but we ask that you clean us up and make us whole, that we walk rightly upon the ground that is littered that will take us directly to you. Show us your ways and let us not be mocked. Because we keep you in our hearts and in our minds. Let us stop going in our own will. Let us stop working by the works of our hands and believe that the works of our hand is our provider. But we know, Father God, that you are provision over everything we need. We pray that you open up the storehouses of heaven and pour us out of blessings we will never be able to obtain or cover up or not have an abundant supply of. We ask, Father, that you open the doors that people and others will find favor upon us that will increase our financial hardships that we no longer go without, Father, but we will have an abundance of everything we need. We give you glory and honor because you are good. We give you glory and honor because you love us. We give you glory and honor because you chose us. Father God in heaven. Thank you, Father. For choosing an old wretch like me to give a word to your people. Thank you, Father. For teaching me how to be steadfast and unmovable in you. And even though sometimes I look at the things that I'm dealing with, Father God, and I I might fall in my trust in you. But, Father God, we already know, Father, that we have the victory through you anyway because you will handle these things. All we need to do is just trust and obey. 
In the name of Yahuwah, Savaot, the God of hosts. We ask that you hear our partition today because we know you don't have to. Father, we ask that you grant our requests, humbly ask. Because, Father, we know we can't do it in our own might. Father God, thank you for all that you've done thus far. And forgive us for doing things against your will, for coming against you, for denying you, Father God, for, for being disobedient and not following the word that you've set for we to establish and incorporate within our lives. Praise your holy name because you are good and merciful and all-knowing. In the name of Yahuwah, I give him glory and honor. So we say shalom, shalom, whichever one you choose, and I'm so sorry. And I do mean I'm sorry that this went this long. But I pray you gained something from it. I pray that it changed something with the deep down inside of you, that you've made a decision today that for Yahuwah I'll live and Yahuwah I will die, and that I will teach it to my children, and I will speak the words forever in my mouth that they never depart from my lips. And it won't be lip service, but I'll actually do the things that I've said I would do. Father God in heaven. Family, know that you are special. And if ain't nobody told you that they love you today, know that I love you. You are a special, peculiar people chosen by the Father, by the um. The God of everything, the, the King of Israel, the one true King of Israel, Yahuwah Sabaoth. Let us renounce all gods that we ever prayed to. Let us stand fast and proclaim who you are in our lives. All right, y'all. I'm done now. I'm jumping off the horse. Once again, forgive me for what I said and what I've done. Thank you, family. Shalom.